Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. John, don't podcast. You don't have to chase me. You don't have to podcast. Everyone podcasts for pod. <laughs> so stupid. The way he says, oh, you don't have to run. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Wanted yeah. to get that. Everyone podcast, Fletch. Uh, well, it's episode two of Fletchcast, of course, <laughs> as implied there. Hi, everybody. My name is Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. This is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin David. Mm-hmm. It's hosted by us. We are hashtag the two friends. Mm-hmm. And this is a podcast where we study filmography. Directors who have massive success early on and are given a series of blank checks from the Bank of Hollywood <laughs> to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. Sometimes those checks clear. Sometimes they do. Yeah. Sometimes they clear. This one cleared. But sometimes they bounce, baby. Yes. Uh, this is a clear, though. I think this I would is say a clear. It's a, it's a, and financially, it was a mild clear, but artistically, yeah. it's a... Yeah. I think, I think somewhat of a disappointment in relation to, like... Celestial expectations. Sure, people like had intergalactic expectations for what this movie was going to do, and then it was terrestrial. Uh huh. Um, but a very good movie. I think it's aged very well. Yep. Let's not say the name. No, never. Uh, what if that's our goal? Is that we never say the title of the film the that'd, whole episode? That'd be annoying. Let's see how long we can do it. No, I don't want to. Okay. Um, this is a miniseries about the films of a little guy named Stevie Spielberg. See, little? Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna look up his height. <laughs> Can I throw out a guess? Five, eight. Bingo. Really? On the nail. Here's the thing. Short guys can spot short guys. How tall is his spouse? Google tells me. Kate Capshaw? Can I throw out a guess? Yeah. Five, nine. Five, seven. Ooh. What about Jessica Capshaw? In this movie. In this movie. In this movie. In this movie. Little role. Yeah. Um, uh, We have a guess. She's five, five. Jessica Capshaw. Just (laughs) FYI. Kate Capshaw, of course. Her mother. Yeah. Steven Spielberg, her stepfather. I believe And so. this has been that episode of <laughs> Blank Check. Family, family Tree. Tree. Capshaw Family Tree. Yeah. Um, this is a series called Pod Me If You Cast. Mm-hmm. And it's about the films of Steven Spielberg in the DreamWorks era. Mm. He made his dreams work. We should do that every time. Although this one doesn't have it. Right? Oh, it does, but does it's got a eerie... Does this drop out the sound, or it just has the weird watery mm. logo? It has it. It has the sound. It has the music, but it's a it's creepy it's like now. Distorted. It's ominous. Yeah. Um. And today we're talking about uh his first of two 2002 releases. True. He went two for two oh two, two for two two oh two, two mm. two for just two just two oh two. Stop while you're ahead, and you're not ahead. Two two. Mm-hmm. Babinowitz. I don't know. I don't get it. My my no, great no, uncle's name is Stuart Rabinowitz. We call him Tutu Babinowitz. Um, and this motion picture is called Minority Report. Uh, yeah, that's right. And today, as our guest, phenomenal, so excited, <laughs> flown all the way from Los Angeles, as we do, we always pay. No, from the our Bay Area, up. from that's true. from Northern from California. Northern California. Northern California. Really, friend. where in Oakland? Oh my lord, mm-hmm. Oak Town. Do you ever hang out <laughs> yeah, with? What's the... the nickname of Oakland? What do you call? It? I was about to say the big, but then I, yeah. I didn't. I don't <laughs> the big know what... oak tree. Oak Town. Oak yeah, Town yeah. is Oak Town the town. town. Uh, you ever hang out with Billy Bean? Uh, no. Should I? I don't know. I like Moneyball. I feel like (laughs) every time I watch that, I'm like, I'd love to get drinks with this guy one time. 
Um, maybe I'll make that my Ooh. 2017 New Year's resolution. That's a great one. I'll yeah. match you on that. Let's okay. do it together so right. we can motivate each other to both get drinks it. with Billy Bean. According to Wikipedia, Bump City is a nickname for Oakland. Literally never heard that. And the motto <laughs> of Oakland is love life. Wait, is Bump City as in like cocaine bumps? Like, no, this might be uh, this might be a slightly uh, see. I hear that I, problematic term. Yeah, I hear that, and I think about bad shave. You know, I'm it's like, an, oh, this is a bad no, shave. I got bumps all over. No, it's an old. My face nickname. is bump Pot, city. Right potholes, now. like yeah. too many potholes in Oakland. Yeah, the, maybe I don't know. It's, buckle it's, your seatbelt is gonna be a bumpy <laughs> ride through Oakland. It was the name of Tower of Power's second album, and of John Crick's book. You know what? You know what? I'm going to shut up. Okay. <laughs> Joanna Robinson is here. Hello. Today from Vanity Fair. <laughs> I thought we were still introducing her. <laughs> from Vanity Fair from a thousand podcasts. Oh, my God. Storm you want spoilers. Listen? Uh Or is it more just sort of the Joanna Robinson podcast universe? Um, Yeah, sort of like the MCU, but then it like went JRPU. That mm-hmm. does not roll up trippingly <laughs> off the tongue at all. You're sort of an adjunct fighting the war room member? Yeah, right? like a like a uh, an honorary chair. Fighting in the sure. War Room, Storm of Spoilers, Cast of Kings, Little Gold Men, Decoding Westworld. It's a lot. Thought Bubble sometimes. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just that. Uh, what what uh, do you, show do you think Decoding next, Westworld is going to cover next? <laughs> <laughs> do you have one lined up? Boom. Dino Truck season two yes. until Westworld comes yes. back. Yes. Troll Hunters. Yeah. You just have to filter everything through the Westworld prism. You have to watch another show but pretend it takes place in the Westworld universe. Let me promise you that Westworld will come up while we're talking about this movie because I thought about it a lot while I was watching this oh, movie. Oh, I did too. Yeah. I mean, there's, th- yes, this movie is all about uh, predestination and, and fate versus sort of programming and if you'll do something, if you're told to do something and all that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. it has a lot of overlap. Uh, sure. Minority Report. Minority Report is the movie. Is the film. Year's 2002. Stevie... True. Has uh, AI was the year earlier. That's right. Uh, was a disappointment. Yeah. F- financially and critically. Big emotionally, sci-fi. personally for me. Mm-hmm. Him taking over Kubrick, and now here, here comes. This was a real event because for years mm-hmm. there had been this talk of like Spielberg and Cruz want to do something together. Mm-hmm. It was always nebulous. There were different projects. It was different it's things, true. but it was always like, God, if you could get those two guys to make a movie together, whew. Barn doors. Well, the, 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 we should say be the, blown the, the big one that they almost made together is Rain Man. Yes. Spielberg was attached to Rain Man, was working mm, on Rain Man, right. and gave it to Barry Levinson to make Last Crusade. Yeah. Uh, and that was pre Spielberg Oscar. So it was one of the, like, I think it became this running joke that Spielberg kept moving off of projects that then won Oscars because there's another one. Rain Man's one of them, but the other one. Yeah. Is, I can't remember. Yeah. Some and other then, big 80s movie that he left. And then until Schindler's List, anytime he kind of picked a strategic Oscar picture, it wasn't the right fair for him, like Color Purple or Empire of the Sun, right. you know? Those were, like, his rare flops. Even Always, I think, for him was kind of, like, an Oscar play, you know, certainly more than, like, a commercial play. Um, okay, so they've, they've been talking about working together. Here, I've got some stuff for yeah, you. Yeah, sure. This, this is a Philip K. Dick story. It was optioned by Gary Goldman in the early 90s. Yep. He wrote a script, and the script keeps getting moved around. It was going to be made as a sequel to Total Recall. What? Yes. Fascinating. They were going to like insert, what? what's his name in Total Recall? I he has a hilarious. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hilarious, ridiculous name it that is. would never exist in the real world. Yeah, sure, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. No, it's, yeah. it's not hilarious. It's Douglas Quaid. It's almost hilarious right, right. that it's not, it's too normal. Right, because I always think it's he's not the like third John Quaid Matrix. brother. That's the yeah. thing. I like watching yeah. that movie and pretending he's Randy and Dennis's brother. <laughs> so yeah, they were going to put John, I mean, it doesn't even make sense. What do you, he's going to be like, huh, you sure had some fun on Mars. Anyway, back on Earth, we created pre-crime. Like, right. what? I don't, but anyway, that was the original idea. 
Jan de Bont was going to direct because he's got executive producer credit on this. Coming off of speed, that would have been extraordinary. Uh, Right off of speed, and then uh, Cruz gets uh, attached, Mm -hmm. and uh, or he at least reads the script. He gives it to Spielberg, and he says, "There's something here, although we need to totally gut this script." Right. And uh, so um, yeah, because the guy, there are two writers credited on this film, and one of the two writers, this is his only credit ever. John Cohen, I believe. Right, his and name then is. the other one is Scott Frank. Scott Frank, who's who a wrote fucking... Out of Sight. He's right. a great writer, and he's the one who got Marley the and me. He's a great writer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's like another example of that where like Total Recall's a similar thing where a dude optioned the rights to that story mm. and like pushed right. it up the hill for years and years and years until Schwarzenegger or Verhoeven or uh, De Laurentiis, one of the three, latched onto it first right. and said like, "Oh, there's something here." Bought it from him, pushed him off of it. He gets money off of Total, Total Recall forever. Right. But, like, they didn't use his script at all. Right. And I think that was kind of the deal with this guy, too. Because you have to assume, short story, this dude fleshed it out. Cruz looks at it, goes, interesting themes, interesting ideas. Let's get a new Let's story get in here. A yeah. steady hand in here. Scott Frank comes in with his Wolverine claws, <laughs> slashes through it, builds a new, Snicked. you know, building. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then Spiely is like, yeah. Spiely? We're I calling call him Spiely? Spiely? We're not calling I'm calling him Spiely. I'm going to try yeah. out a couple different hats this episode. So Cruz and um, Spielberg take 15 points instead of a big salary to each. keep wow. the budget down each. Each. Which, like, this is, that must be the height of studios that have to after this be just like, fuck no. You can't get all the money. Well, I, I'll tell you what the height of this was, and we'll, I'm sure, cover it later. War of the Worlds was the turning point. Oh, right, right. War of the Worlds, right. Yeah. That was the one where I think the two of them got, like, 50% of the movie, and people were like, fuck this. Right. Yeah. No more. Anyway, so, you know, uh, they're going to make the movie, then Cruz has to make Mission Impossible 2, and that was a famously long, crazy schedule because it gets Dugray Scott out of the Wolverine role because it's the best so decision long. an actor has right. ever made. Hey guys, I love just recapping early 2000s Hollywood history. Yeah. Uh, so John August also does a polish. Uh, Frank Darabont does a little bit of work. Interesting. Uh, although he's making The Majestic. But... <gasps> My Damn. favorite Jim Carrey movie. I have never seen The Majestic. It's good. No. I mean, it's so... It, <laughs> no, the reputation it's not good is at all. so horrible. <laughs> it's not good at all. Griffin, you're eating the loudest bagel. To be fair, what was loud was the bag. We haven't heard the bagel yet, although... <laughs> God, I hope it was well toasted. Fingers crossed. Yeah. It's crunchy. Uh, and then the film's delayed so Spielberg can make AI because he demand. He's like, when Kubrick dies, he's like, I gotta make AI. So he makes AI. Mm-hmm. Uh, they offer the role of Whitworth to Matt Damon. Oh. Ooh. They offer Iris Hinneman to Meryl Streep. Ooh. What? I mean, I'm glad neither of these came to pass because no. I love the performers in those roles. Yeah. Like, I offer Burgess to Ian McKellen. Wait, Meryl Streep, they offer the, the, the Iris wife? Hinneman. No, Iris no, 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 Hinneman. No, 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 like in the Lois greenhouse. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, of course, of course, of course, yes. They offer Agatha to Kate Blanchett. Who, okay. remember, in 2002 oh, kind of makes sense. Yeah. She's in a similar sphere as, as Samantha, Samantha Morton. She's not yet, like, anointed, like, great No, I'd, s- I'd say Kate Blanchett was, like, one step ahead of Samantha Morton at that point. She's they were still kind in, like, of, The Missing. Yeah. They were neck and neck. They, yeah, yeah. they both kind of, like, Samantha Morton they and... They each have only one Oscar nomination at the time. And I was going to say, I'd say Samantha Morton and Kate Blanchett were kind of in a early, mid-2000s, Jake Gyllenhaal, Colin Farrell kind of thing. Oh, where they're, like, interchangeable in your mind? Well, there was sort of like a thing where it's like, okay, these guys both have like a lot of expectations on them. We're yeah. putting them in big blockbusters. We're putting them in dramas. You know, yeah. they both have conventionally man looks, but sort of character actor chops. Yeah. 
And it's just like, which one's going to, yeah, you know, which one's going to go. Right. Uh, and finally, Jenna Elfman was going to play his wife. Wow. This is these, these were like people who were in That's Dharma Annette, herself. Dharma herself. <laughs> the inventor of the Dharma initiative. Yeah. Jenna Elfman. Yeah. Uh, but then it gets delayed, so they all have to get moved. And so obviously you got Colin Farrell, you got uh, Lois Smith, you got Max von Sydow, you got Samantha Morton, you got. Uh, this is a big. Bump uh, for Colin Farrell, though, wasn't it? Case. A bomb? No, bump. Oh, yeah, like, huge, huge. Huge step definitely. up for This him. is like Colin Farrell goes from, like, the guy who's in stuff, but everyone's like, give me a fucking break. Like, these movies are bad. Like, what's the what's the hype about Colin? To, like, oh, he's in a serious movie, and he stands out. Um, Tigerland, well, yeah. Well, Tigerland, obviously, that's his, like, that's when he That pops. was his calling card, yeah. But after that, he's in American Outlaws and Hearts War. Oh, and so I think everyone's oh, yeah, like, oh, more. is this is this not a thing? Oh, is, is this, this not a thing? And then you see Minority Report, you're like, oh, this is a you're thing. You're like, aha. Mm-hmm. American Outlaws, I think, was shot before. And I think uh, Hearts War. Yeah, because it came they out. Both, both those movies come out before Minority Report. Right. I'm just saying, I think I think American, uh, what I meant to say is, mm. I think American Outlaws was shot before Tigerland. Because that was the thing where everyone was like, who's this fucking guy? Oh, yeah. sure, sure. That was the movie where he kind of popped. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then it was Jesse James. In right. American and then that movie came out afterwards when they were like, oh, now maybe he's a star. I think it was on a shelf for a while and then bombed. And then I feel like Minority Report and Hearts War were the two where they were like, okay, here's a two-hander. Not a two-hander, but he's going to be second build to a huge pre-established movie star. Right. And it was that sort of thing that Hollywood tries sometimes where it's like, Let's put him underneath a guy that America feels comfortable with. Oh, yeah, sure. And ease yeah. him in. And then the recruits the following year. And those are the three movies where well, they were Phone like. Phone Booth is also 2002. That was the one they let him top line. Right. Yeah. But the other three, like Hearts War, he's the lead character in. For Bruce Willis is like right. the star. He's above the title. It's his face on the poster. Right. And then in 03, he does Daredevil. Right. The Recruit, which I saw in theaters. That movie is abominable. Yeah. The Sweet. Uh, the uh, then, no, no, no. And then one of the greatest. Works in American cinema history. The SWAT. 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 Yeah. I call it the SWAT. I've the seen SWAT. SWAT. <laughs> Guys, have you seen SWAT? Have you yes. seen SWAT? Oh yeah, yeah. Michelle what? Rodriguez. Right? Michelle Rodriguez. Jeremy Renner. Josh Renner. Josh Charles. Yeah. Brian Ben Holt. LL Cool J. Yes. Uh, Olivia Martinez. Fucking. I will give you five million dollars. <laughs> no, 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 no. One hundred <laughs> oh, million dollars. He's the best. Yeah, he's great in that movie. Um, and uh, fucking, come on, man, Reggie Kathy. Oh, Reg. He's the Cassie. boss who's got too much. He's had too much of their shit. Yeah. He's he literally says, SWAT stands for special weapons and tactics. Where were your tactics out there? Why isn't is, this a SWAT cast? I yeah. seriously, I'm obsessed with <laughs> or the movie SWAT. The, the SWAT cast. <laughs> At one point, Samuel Jackson rejects a character for not wanting to eat a hot dog. <laughs> from being on his special SWAT team. He says, How can I have someone who won't eat a good old-fashioned American hot dog? Well done. In his defense, I love this movie. So Re- much. Reggie Cathy is really cranky in that movie, but it's only because he's so tired having to adopt all these Bosnian war child. <laughs> that's a good joke. That's a good joke. Bosnian war child. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good joke. Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, he was in that. Okay, so sorry, Minority <laughs> Report. So you've got, you know, so but yeah, he gets this cast together. He makes Minority Report. It's right. the end of the story. Oh, what I was going to say <laughs> was, was the production. Then he finally the does. Then he does make it, and here's the movie. This was the thing I wanted to say. Um, Ah, fuck, where was it? Yes, here, okay? Because this is also, talk about like, oh, 15 points, 15 points, they wouldn't let that happen today. Here's another thing that doesn't happen anymore, right? Yeah. Uh, This sort of like, okay, Colin Farrell, he's anointed. He's the next guy. Hollywood wants to make it happen, right? He gets a big part in something like this. What do you think Colin Farrell, who's second build in this, Mm -hmm. right, got paid for this movie? Coming off of Tigerland and coming off of, you know, American Outlaws, which was on a shelf, it had bombed, Knowing he had a couple big movies coming out, 
You know, mm-hmm. what do you think he got for this film? Two hundred fifty grand. Two point five million dollars. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> he's talked about how like, you know, he got thrown into the deep end. That was like a fucking thing Hollywood. that would happen then. Yeah, you know. And That's he was insane. on all. He was on all the magazines. Yes. Like it was just like oh it. God. It was yeah. one of the. It's he like is a, hot. Right. He is fucking the he's, hottest no, guy. He's a great lo- looking and guy. And I no, love Colin ahead, Farrell. I think he's I, I really like, talented. You feel like I was coming at you like with like, Joanna, he's hot. Joanna, he is extremely good looking. <laughs> Joanna, he's fucking beautiful, okay? <laughs> so No, hot. but I feel like they kind of tried to Gretchen maul him and like yes. make him a thing before he was yeah. a thing. No, no, definitely. People got like, a little sick of him being crammed down But like, throats. unlike Gretchen Maul, he's like, yeah, but except, I mean, Gretchen Maul is, is talented, but he's like, really talented. It doesn't matter what garbage movies I make, I will keep coming back. That's the thing. I mean, I think Gretchen Maul is actually better now than she was then. Yeah. I think Gretchen Maul's become a pretty interesting character actress. Yeah. I think Colin Farrell was mm. always very good, but I think he, you know, uh, has been very open about the fact that he was, uh, had a lot of substance issues at the time, oh, yeah. that he was blacked out through a lot of these movies. He was an alcoholic. And, right. yeah, and then he, yeah, he spirals into other movies he, like, things. doesn't remember making, right? And it's like, okay. And then, I mean, my favorite Colin Farrell movie, Miami Vice, is the one where he's like, I don't remember making <laughs> that movie. I don't remember movie. any of it. I went straight into right. rehab after yeah. making it. Now I want to, I've never seen it. Now I want to watch it. One of my favorite films of all time. And, and just like, and like look it. for the glazed eyes. He he definitely. It, I mean, it works for the part. Sure, yeah. this movie definitely also, looks completely because that's Bumptown. Yeah, yeah. 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 my advice right. is Bumptown, man. Yeah, that movie is also shot all at night on DV video, so uh. everyone looks like they're drunk. Uh. <laughs> like that's just kind of the visual style at that point. Um, but yeah, it's just like a crazy thing where I I think that never works if um the media tries to tell people to like someone. Right, they have to organically fall in love with someone. Yeah, and they saw the thing. But like, and it's still the problem. Hollywood still hasn't figured out the right vehicle for him. He's one of those guys where it's like, first of all, I think he's always better the smaller the movie is. Like the well, lobster? Yeah, I think he's best maybe when he's working more with like a character part yeah. or with a really interesting director. He always gets kind of swallowed up in big movies. He, he, well, like, the, he's the, always, he's good, but he gets the, kind of the, lost. The worst Colin Farrell parts, and I'm just, are things like The Recruit, um, The, the Winter's Tale, uh, Ask the Dusk, Winter's Tale. Uh, the fucking Total Recall remake, yeah. Yeah. where it's like he's not—he's fine as a leading it's man. Not but he's not about Colin interesting. Farrell. No. It's, it's not about Colin Farrell at all. He needs more to work with. He needs like weird shit to work with. Obviously, his greatest role is—oh boy, he's eating. A, he just swallowed half a bagel. <laughs> Daredevil. <laughs> I hate you. Hate you. What do you think is his greatest role? In I, Bruce? I think his best performance is in Bruce. Yeah, probably. I think so. Not right? Alexander. <laughs> I, I'll stand for Alexander, baby. I like Alexander. The two McDonough movies. He's yeah. I took my friends, all yeah. my friends in college, to see Alexander. They only came with me because they thought Angelina Jolie was going to be naked in the film, which she was not. I, hey, look, it was college. People are stupid. Rosario Dawson. Though. Yeah, Rosario Dawson. She is. That's true. They, that, that did not appease them for. She's whatever like reason. seven types of naked in that movie. Anyway, that was a whole lot of. We naked. watched that movie. It's a tough movie. Not just six types of naked. It's no, like a, seven. Se- a full seven yeah, types of naked. Full seven. Six, seven. One for every day of the week. <laughs> I count them. Um, <laughs> We like I brought left. a checklist. I think some of my friends did not speak to me for like over a week for taking them to see that movie. I've yeah. had that happen. Like, I was a huge Australia. Fan. I think Australia oh. was Australia's the one that I tough. that I paid for for a long time. Um, the well, I will say you, you say he gets swelled up in bigger movies, but I thought he was really good in Fantastic Beasts. Actually, I did me too. Like, me too. Although he really obviously has a smaller role, he's a smaller part, but and I that movie was... does dirty by him. I know, yeah. and he should have had way more to yeah. work with there. Yeah. I think he's great. That one interrogation scene, he's phenomenal. Yep. And he's so good. And yeah. he's like really yeah. good at wand work. Is that a stupid thing to say? No, no, like, no, no. You're right. It's with he's intention. So, he's well, so good. He's, he's, I think, but I also think that Colin Farrell has come out of the other side and has, you know, he's a better, you know, more committed actor now. And I like, think he you know. doesn't like being the 
traditional leading man. I think he always wears that a little uncomfortably. He's your, we were talking about Goldblum. Right. He's your off-ball guy. You know, right. he like in Fright Night, he's fantastic, but he's not quite the oh, lead. Oh, he's wonderful in that. Oh, I love Fright Night. Fright but, Night is a special really little movie. Yeah, yeah but, but, but it's like what, what Griffin was saying about Jake Gyllenhaal, that these are actually character actors, or, or what people yes. say about Brad Pitt sometimes. is like they're too handsome, so they get mistaken for... Boring leading men, They're but pretty really, Jude Law. Yeah. We yeah. talked about Jude Law on AI, yeah. of course, that happens to Jude Law. You yes. Know. The difference, I mean, Brad Pitt's interesting because Brad Pitt is the best looking guy in the world who's innately kind of a character actor, but most of his best performances aren't hiding his looks. Like, I feel like a lot of guys like Colin Farrell or Jake Gyllenhaal get better if they're scruffier, if they yeah. can hide behind something. Sure. Like, Brad Pitt needs to play characters his best roles people play off of his like movie who are really good looking and really I mean, charismatic but money, kind of broken. Moneyball is his best. Right. Or up there at least. Right. But and it's playing like the, the broken Oceans version. Movies, like, yeah. And the Ocean's yeah. movies yeah. for yeah. sure. But be, the first two especially. He has to be playing someone who wears that uncomfortably. Yeah. Whereas like Colin Farrell would rather gain a bunch of weight and grow like a mustache lobster. and whatever. Yeah. Let's talk about different movie stars. Tommy Cruise? Mr. C. Tom Mapother, right? Isn't that his name? Thomas Cruise Mapother. <laughs> Can I start out one counterpoint? And William Mapother in this yes, movie. Yes, with yeah. some Ethan, extraordinary hair. Ethan Rahn himself. Yes. Can I just throw out one, one final thing about uh, Colin Farrell's salary, just as a point of comparison? Yeah, sure. Colin Farrell in 2002 gets $2.5 million yeah. to be a supporting character in Minority Report. Mm. In 2010 or 2011, whatever it was, do you know how much Andrew Garfield got paid for playing Spider-Man? Oh, God. What? Like a million? Was, no, it was like $300,000. Yeah. Oh, my but God. Are you that's serious? The, that's the shift in movie right, stardom right. between but I mean, now and then. I assume you know? it was one of those deals where it's like it scales, right? That was always how they would get you, right? It's like, yeah, you know, you only get this for this, but by Amazing Spider-Man Nine, yeah, you're going to make twenty was, million dollars. Yeah, make one million by the last film. And it's like, <laughs> oh, you. sorry, buddy. Yeah, it wow. was like, what kind of shit? Right, no, it was like obvious. Three, Colin six, Farrell had an million. amazing agent. Unbelievable. Yeah, and everyone was buying it at that point in time. But I just think I'd like, buy it. I, not for two point five. I buy that for a dollar. He is hat. Yeah. Right. You said it. <laughs> I just pointed at Joy. He's a good looking guy. I just I remember him on like in all the magazines wearing all the jewelry and getting away with it. He wore a lot of jewelry in 2002. And he was mm. dating everybody. Yes. And he had like a lot of, t- yeah, he like. And like know. slouchy beanies, a lot of slouchy mm-hmm. beanies. I remember when yeah. he and Britney showed up at a party together and it was like this like collision of two what? giant like supernova. Black holes. <laughs> yes. And, it, and they were a fucking mess. And yeah. yeah. Oh, and it was like, God. oh, he's unstoppable now. There's nothing he can't do. Yeah. He brought her to the recruit premiere. I oh think. my god. Right? That's what it was. That was the big public outing. And then that was like the front page of the New York Post. It was just like, wait, what the fuck is happening? Mm. Yeah. All right. Okay, Tom Cruise. Tommy C. So he's how's he doing? He's doing okay. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Yeah, we don't need to do it. I I this is one of my fave Thomas Cruise performances personally. Interesting. I think very he's very good, good in this. Yeah. It's um, hot off Vanilla Sky. There's nice, some nice Vanilla we, Sky we, crossover. We did a whole episode about that one. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mission Impossible 2 is yeah, the year so before right. that. He's coming right. off of, you know, Eyes Wide Shot, Magnolia, you know, so that, some critical acclaim and Oscar nomination. He's, MI2, not yeah. a good movie, makes a ton of money, money though. So he's Was like, the highest worldwide grossing film of that year. And then Vanilla yeah. Sky also for a movie that is about a lucid dream, like right. makes pretty good money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was the period of time where Tom Cruise wanted to play a worse-looking version of Tom Cruise, because there is the scene where they put the drugs in his face yes. so his muscles mm. go slack. Mm. It's very Vanilla Sky. It is very Vanilla Sky. It's the mm-hmm. same kind of look, and his physical performance yeah. is very similar. That's true. Uh, he was like, still make me look like Tom Cruise, but just a kind of shittier version mm. of Tom Cruise. Messed up Tom Cruise. Yeah. Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Um, and, you know, famously, it, when he did his collateral look, yeah. he insisted to have, like, Pasqual pictures taken, because he was like, I'm not going to look this good when I'm actually this old. 
that was his that was his thing. Interesting. And mm-hmm. the ultimate example of Tom Cruise bearing him bearing his looks is of course Tropic Thunder, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. he should do it more often. He should, he should. He should pull a Colin Farrell more often. Yeah, he's and, not doing it. In the no. mummy, no, 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 no. No, no, no he's Get trying to look real young. Get some pepper in that hair. Tommy. Yes. Come yes. on. What the fuck? And he's also doing that thing we've talked about a lot where it's like too many muscles in that small a body. No, he's too many. And you <laughs> the see, muscles are spilling you out. You see a his bit. muscle body, his weird Looks a little nine weird. pack in, yep. in, the, in this he's, one. In he's the, wearing yeah. weird future pants, though, for part of this movie. Mm-hmm. At the end, like they're they're very billowy. Or maybe that's just what. Future slacks. That's what uh, the gene was in 2002, maybe? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Well, it's this like is, pretty billowy. This is a movie that's trying to predict the future with intention. You know, it's set in the near ish in the 2040s. And it's like, you know, Spielberg was obsessed with like but talking the, to all these people to be like, what what's some shit that's gonna happen? Like what do you predict? Like, let's like make the it gap happen. is gonna look exactly the same as it does right now, <laughs> but Mr. It will Spielberg. Talk to you. But also Ben and Jerry's will be there at the mall, and it's fine. <laughs> um That was my, my first reaction to watching this movie. And let me just say, I'd seen this movie only once before. What? In the worst What are you talking th- about? Once before. In the worst conditions possible. I'm distressed. Are you ready to flip out? You're going to flip this table over when I tell you the one time I'd seen this movie before it. last night. All right. Was it like at a party or something? It's going to like knock the bagel out Even of your worse. Yeah, Even it. worse. Take that bagel. No, no, go ahead. Even worse, I watched it on a laptop at summer camp. Ugh. Like outdoors on a picnic table. So we were like what? putting our hands Why? over the screen to shield like it from in, the sun. In the, oh, in the middle of the day. Why yeah. don't you go inside? I don't know because the camp. Yeah, camp to like be outside. Like, be outside. Go, go watch yeah, that you're like, outside. They sent a bunch of indoor kids to camp. Yeah, I went and to the like, camp. And they like made yeah. you sit outside, but, but like, you're like, but we're still gonna watch. If you're gonna it, watch it on a fucking laptop, they can't be like, all right, look, fine, go inside. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no, this didn't work. It was like tough. It was like we watched it. Like you know, I hadn't seen it. Somehow I missed it when it was in theaters, and they were like my report, and I was like, oh shit, I never saw that. Mm. And sat on a bench, and it was like a we're in the sun, and b people kept on coming over and being like, oh, what are you watching? We had to keep on like interrupting it to have conversations with people. Uh-huh. Maybe like yeah. catch me up. And yeah. Be like, uh, okay, so this is a uh, yeah. pre-crime. That's Max von Sydow. Now I remember uh, my friends who went to see it at the I time. I was trying to riff there and I didn't, didn't have anything going. Yeah. Here's my that guy from the practice. He's the best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this go- this is gonna be on Cold Case. Hasn't yeah. started yet. Um, or had it? Yeah, no. no, I don't think. I think it was after this was her big breakout to, yeah. for Cold Case. They let her. And then she just gets locked into that for ten years. Yep, forever. Um, I uh, well, I was almost thirteen when the movie came out, like fourteen when I saw it. And I think when it was sold as like a Spielberg Tom Cruise sci-fi movie, and then everyone saw it, and the movie's so dour and haunted, mm-hmm. and has this pallor. It's very adult-minded. Yeah, it's not as like bruising as AI mm. or abusive, but it is like not a fun movie to watch. It's no. like fun in that it's really well made and sure. smart, but it's not like a popcorn movie. No, and so I think I was like, you know, uh, a bunch of my friends went to see it, and they were like, "Yeah, eh, it's kind of boring." And mm-hmm. I just there were a lot of movies Fucking I wanted to see. Friends, right? But so, like, when I watched it on this laptop, I remember being like, friends. this is really good. Like, this is, yeah. I'm watching this in the worst circumstances. This is really good. And then never rewatched it. Why? I don't know. I'm so mad at you. Well, I'm glad I did now. Just because it was fresh, you know, because it was like a fresh experience for you now? Is that what you mean? I'm saying I'm glad I finally got around to oh, watching it okay. again in real circumstances. It's a, it's a wonderful movie. movie. I love it's it. It's a great yeah. movie. Do you, really think, do you think they were, like, do you think people went in in 2002, and I don't remember this myself, but, like, expecting... Anything Matrixy because it has maybe. like some Matrix. It does vibes have that. Yeah. yeah, maybe people just expected like a little more of a straight, like, right? A yeah. straightforward like action thriller. It was marketed with everybody runs. Like it was marketed yeah. as this like, yeah. and it is a chase movie. But like then it takes this a bunch of aggressive left turns. Yeah, yeah. and it's long and it's very um, sort of 
uh, it's Spielberg existential. In it like, is no, it, it's right. all, but also it's got all the Spielberg stuff. It's got a missing kid, and it's got a weird, confusing sort of confounding ending, and it's it's yeah. long, like you say, and yeah, and there's know, not a lot of emotional catharsis, and it's kind of and there's kind of no bruising. like hot babe in it. Like no, I think Samantha lacks, Morton like is babe, beautiful, but, but like. You know, she's flopping around. Yeah, she and, is like, a heroin addicted, yeah. you know, yeah. like mutant. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe. Colin Farrell. How many times yeah, he is go over this? Colin he's Farrell hot. is hot. He's hot. I don't understand why this isn't sticking. And Sorry, also, I'll this is it. like Yanush Kaminsky, who has already been having a lot of fun. He's like, guys, can I just like do the weirdest lighting shit? And can yeah. I like scrub this a million times? Like, it's like the bypass movie. Yeah. 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 And have like crazy pools of light. Like yeah. seriously, there are like, fifteen pools of light in every scene. Yeah. There's like a couple scenes where you know it's like Tom Cruise and his wife, mm-hmm. or Max von Sydow and and the wife, and there's just like it's just bleached. oh his office baby. Yeah, it's just like bleached out with light. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah. Um, you think Max von Sydow is just like I'll sit in this pool of light. No, yeah. I'll sit in this pool of light. <laughs> um, so I saw this film in theaters. Yeah, the Holloway Odeon. I grew up in London, guys. Humble brag. Um and uh, I'm from London. You I'm sound from like London. you're from London. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I forgot about that line. It's a good line. It's a good joke. It's really really good line. Getting Sarah Marshall. No. Um. So yeah, loved it. Loved it. Thought it was great. Uh huh. And uh, then I bought it on DVD and I watched it a million times. And then I bought it on Blu-ray and I watched it a million more times. I've seen this movie a million times. Double humper brag. Mm, wow. Is it? I've seen this movie a lot. I've always been a huge fan. I don't know. Like, it's not. This was not a difficult one for me. What about you, Joanna? Uh, I I would say I I've seen it three times. So I saw it when it came out, and I really loved it. And then I watched it a couple of years ago, and I do not remember why. Like, what inspired me, other than it's just a great movie. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then I watched it this week, and it's still a great movie. Mm-hmm. I was in college when it came out. So we're not gonna like wildly disagree on this one. I was not in college. I was sixteen when this. Movie yeah, came yeah. Out. I'm older mm-hmm. than you. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but. Yeah, and having just been really disappointed by Vanilla Sky because mm-hmm. I had a lot of expectations. Love Magnolia was like earth shaking for me. So you were both you had Cruise and Crow expectations. Oh my god, it was like mostly my Crow expectations, sure, right. and I was devastated um, by Vanilla Sky. I've I've since rewatched it and come to terms with it, but uh, sure. as have we. But yeah, but my you swallow my cum that means something. Yeah, Griffin. Yeah, it does mean something. I did swallow your cum, and that does mean something. <laughs> You did. You did that. <laughs> Don't give that look like you're angry. I said that. I didn't that. give a look. You did that. You set that up. Oh, I'm sorry. I got an annoying text message. Actually. <laughs> oh, I just texted you to say that I, you swallowed my cum and it meant something. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh. So you. But you saw it in theaters. I did see it in theaters. Yeah. 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 And, and you were um, in college. And I was in college, and I was like, Colin Farrell is hot. I think okay. that was my main reaction. Okay. But you Ooh. were you Ooh. you were looking for Cruise <laughs> really? Redemption, and you and found, I found it. it. You know, right? I found like, it. Yeah. This is. This is near the end of, I feel like, Tom Cruise as a uh, big movie star. Because War of the Worlds is the end. Yes. It's Oof. like a big movie star without tons of baggage. You know, like, this is, it's more just like, hey, Tom Cruise is in a picture. Well, I also... That's how people talk <laughs> yes. about Hey, let's go see a Tom Cruise. Yes. People may like not I... remember this, but in 2002, people talk like old-timey <laughs> gangsters. Well, 2005 is the end of the every Tom Cruise movie makes $100 million for yes. us. Mm, okay. His last Spielberg movie is the end of that. And I think it's interesting that, like, the promise of... Spielberg and Cruz doing something together, especially after the aborted Rain Man thing, right? Where it was just like, well, if they can find the right project, they want to do something together. They yeah. talk a lot. They want to do something together. It was like, these are two guys who know how to give the audience what they want. 
Like these are two guys sure, who, right, who yeah. deliver. Proud pleasers. Proud pleasers. But then the movie actually, you know, this movie wasn't quite the hit everyone was thinking it was going to be. And then too War, dark, they said. War of the Worlds is more successful, but True. also is an incredibly dark haunted movie. Mm-hmm. Like they make garbage. They make two mm-hmm. sci-fi movies I'm very together. Interested in talking about that movie. When we Haven't seen it since it came out. Very curious to see very what I think creepy, of it now. Garbage. A disturbing movie in my opinion. I remember liking half of it. Mm. Like the first half. Yeah, yes. and that's Dakota Fanning, and who's the boy in that? Justin, Justin Chadwick. Oh, Chatwin. yeah, G- Goku from Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah, yeah, good old Chatwin. <laughs> from, from Isn't Shameless. he Shameless? Yeah, yeah. He's Shameless, right? Yeah. Is he still in it? No. Well, did they get rid of him. They killed him, did, but like, then they didn't. Did it's, William H Macy chop him up? And... It's a lot. Oh, jeez, it feels like there's a storm of spoilers oh. in here. Oh, <laughs> you gonna do it? Pow. <laughs> All right. Um, um, I just think it's interesting that they teamed up doing sci-fi, which is like, you know, the biggest genre in terms mm-hmm. of like the majority of the highest grossing films of all time are in that genre. Mm. Here's the biggest director. Here's the biggest movie star. And they made two sci-fi movies that are like meditations. It's true. You know, that are haunted, Strange, that right. are dark, sci-fi that movies. are heavy. Both very post 9-11 movies. And are scary. It's like more, they're like sci-fi movies where there is action. They're both mm-hmm. kind of chase movies, you know? But both of them are like, function more as horror movies in a way where it's like, are they going to get caught? It's a creeping dread, mm. you know? I have a question for you. Do you think that Tim Blake Nelson thought he was making a different movie than okay. everyone else? I'm glad we're getting to this. <laughs> Wait, we have to get to this right now? Sorry. We do. No, no, go ahead. This is the question I want to ask. Yeah. Pick it, up it, the past, all you get is dirty. <laughs> Did you like that? You like? You seem to like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> this is my, I'll answer your question with, with another question. question. All right. Okay. Fair enough. How fully submerged into the river, river of ham was Tim Blake Nelson in this movie? I was going back and forth of like, is he he's bathing got his in nose it? Nose above water. I well, mean, above ham. Because when the scene started, I was like, maybe he's just sitting on the edge of the pool. He's rolled up his pant cuffs and he's dangling his legs. <laughs> but in But then it. Tom Cruise, he's Tom Cruise's son, and Tom Cruise challenged him to hold his breath under the river of ham, and he did it. He did it. We talk about the River of Ham a lot on this okay. podcast. Story. That's a Kenneth Branagh term. Yes. Yeah, but it was like a it was a confluence of that and the pool scene, and I'm I'm with you. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. riding I'm riding the waves of the River of Ham. Um, um t- Tim Blake Nelson, I think, got this this script and the script for Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed confused because <laughs> he's very somber in Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. It's weird. <laughs> I think. Come on. All the those one scene or two scene characters yeah. are doing that, right? No, no, Peter not at all, because P- Peter Stormare is doing something quark, quark. weird, but it still like works into. I, the I, I would say yes. Tim Blake Nelson is in a different movie. He's like I don't like he, he's, he's like lot. doing Brazil or something. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like he's doing something else where he's like everyone here is weird because it's a future, and but I'm like nobody. You've no. also got um. And I love Tim Blake. Dream, Nelson. Dream Man, you know, like the Dreamweaver guy, like the, oh, the, the, the guy, yeah. right? The, the guy, guy from Puff Contact, yeah. yeah. And you've got uh, Lois Smith. You've got all these like right. brief, very colorful performances. Yeah, because Lois Some Smith is going big, others. but yeah, I think but it's great. a good kind of big. And well, she's got that so CGI plans to help her. Yeah, yes, right, right. <laughs> and she says, I mean, just that line where she's like, "You'll, you'll see what I can only describe as the most extraordinary display of blue objects." Yes. is one of the best she's like delivered lines. She's just spritzing her plants while she's talking. <laughs> like Meryl would have been fun and silly in that scene, but it, it'd no, be a little no distracting. Contest. Exactly. Think, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, Tim Blake Nelson's like also like fourth or fifth build in this movie. He's got very high billing, like solo like, card oh, billing. Brother, uh, you know, it was a Grammy-winning album, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he cited that every time he was auditioning. He should have just done his O Brother character. It's still big, but like a big I can get behind. <laughs> That's a big character. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. He can play very cartoony, he can, yeah. and yeah. he can play cartoony successfully in tone with the movie, right? right. 
But he also has given like subtle naturalistic performances. Yeah, it's not like he's a guy who only he's goes in big. a big face because he's in the Good Girl the same year. That's a big performance. right. Oh, you see his dick in that did one. He, when did he do Cherish? Cherish. That's, that's one of my favorite Tim Blake Nelson performances. I have never seen that I movie. Seen, I know oh, that. That's like, that is the same year as well, 2002. That's like a house arrest movie with what's her name, Robin Tunney. She's Robin under house, Tunney. Yeah, she's under house arrest, and he services her equipment. I have never heard of this movie. <laughs> it's I'm really good. It. <laughs> I really like it. You know, uh, he's also he's in Holes the next year. We oh, say. Right. a classic uh, Shia joint. Uh, classic Shia. He yeah. does Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed in two thousand four. <laughs> that is yeah, that is correct. He right, does. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was thinking of a big Tim Blake Nelson performance, but uh, now I can't. No, I mean like y- you are right that there are occasional weird, I would say Brazil esque moments, like the the mole on Peter Stormare's assistant. It's you big. know, like yeah. It's it's literally a big mole, but it's right. also like a right. big choice, it's you know. So mole. like, and and even just that like setup of like, uh, yeah. she, she's stunningly beautiful, guys, and guys, then toilet flush, big we're, mole. We're, yeah. we're jumping like, all around. Okay, mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna get us on. Let's track. start at the beginning of the movie I'm ready. because the opening of this movie is fantastic. The like opening set piece of the movie. Agreed. The first twenty minutes or so. What's the name of that guy? The guy from who was on Ellen? Uh, the Ellen Show. Uh, his name? Fuck. I know his name. Fuck. Who's not Mark? He's like poor man's Mark Lindbaker. No, but it's 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 a funny ah, the guy who I'm, plays the. No, I know who it is. God damn it! What the hell is his name? Eric Gross. Oh, oh okay. I feel so good. That I got that right. <laughs> oh, Jeez. I, now let me see if I'm yeah. right. I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah, okay. Eric Gross. Okay. Um, he plays poor uh, man's Mark Lindbaker. Ouch. Um, no? This this movie does a really good job of just like okay, there's the central conceit to this yeah. movie, right? There's this technology that they're gonna have to explain to you. Yeah. And murder. Right? Yeah, right. murder is the technology. This right. movie presupposes that murder is a murder. thing that people can do to each other. Um, no, but... but uh, His name is Howard Marks, right? That's the character. Oh, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's yeah. a really good, active way of explaining the rules of this entire universe Definitely. and what this movie is going to deal with. You see it in action. And the tech. Yeah. yeah. Can I say I can get behind every single element of the tech except for the snooker balls? Like you don't like those one. balls? No, I don't like them balls. I have a question about the balls. I don't like how they come clacking down. Like I engraved. love that they're wood. Yeah, they're wooden balls and Because the grain, because the grain is, uh, you can't uh, fake oh, the grain. Like he says that. that? Uh, yes. Neil McDonough. Neil McDonough like, says that. Yeah. Every grain is unique. I mean, whatever. Artisanal. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's true. It is funny. Hey, man, look, I would be more into it if they were obviously real wooden balls the whole time. But they're CG at the beginning there when they're getting like laser cut. Yeah. yeah. And I wish, you know, I wish I wish they had some very... I don't very know missile, about the ball technology. Very mm-hmm. you CGI wood. What is this? Groot? Boy, <laughs> is this boy. that that Groot fella the kids are so crazy about? Kids, I worked on the street. Kids talk about this Groot. <laughs> they're saying, I am Groot. You are Groot. She is Groot. <laughs> I am confused is what I am. Hi-oh. Boy. All this Groot talk. Um, I do like that. There's the whole witness aspect that you have to have. It's a, like what a judge and yeah, yeah, yeah like me that. too. Yeah, there's yeah. the judge and a DA and a yes. DA and, and yeah, he does the whole routine with yeah, them. Yes, I will verify and all then that. He does the hand stuff that everyone loves and still does, and it's amazing. He's better at it than Col- he's better at it than Colin Farrell. Yo, I do like though that he's like he seems like a maestro. Was Colin yeah. Farrell still kind of figuring it out? Right, Colin like, Farrell yeah. is doing too many finger guns. Like you have yeah. that one mm-hmm. shot where Tom Cruise's finger guns turn into like the vision of him holding the gun which yes. is cool Ugh. but Colin Farrell is like just doing finger guns I'm like no buddy you gotta, you gotta maestro yeah, it you gotta maestro it baby I'm this realizing is... I can't do my impression no, no, but, on no, a podcast but I'm <laughs> seeing Joanna's hand for the listeners it. at home Joe is killing it um, <laughs> no I do think I, I, this was a major thought I had watching this movie is people always 
refer to that as the minority report thing. Yeah. When people do the screen. Yeah. Check, right. And it's basically, you know, the sort of pinching to zoom and right. the kind yeah. of like swiping things around. I mean, like, again, this is part of the future tech. Some of this stuff is off, but this is not. This is right. on. But like, even the pinching to zoom shit like now exists in our technology. But then certainly like the screens floating around you shit has been in five million movies since then. Right. Yeah. And I don't even think this was the first one to do it. I think yeah, this was the, the one, one to, to realize right, it the best on this kind of scale and integrate that fully. But also to make it something that's not boring, to yes. make it this active thing that he's doing, right. even though it could be just someone sitting at a computer and like clicking on images, right? Well, like that's yes. why it's a good idea. It's yeah. Like, yeah. And that's what I was going to say is I think the major testament to this movie is that everyone still goes like, oh, like Tom Cruise and Minority Report, when it's like every fucking Marvel movie has this now. All the computer screens well, in Marvel, Marvel are Marvel movies, they're like, you know, beep, 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 and then a fucking, like, living hologram where right. the consciousness zaps into But then being. also, you get a lot of Robert Downey Jr., like, waving shit in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, like, right. Tom Cruise is so fucking on point doing this, right? And the movie just really is, like, interested in all this technology. I mean... And Tony Stark even does it sometimes to, like, classical music, right? Or, or, like, It'll pop or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but, yeah like, you're right. but you're right that Tom Cruise does it better. Sorry. Does it better than RDJ. everyone. Like, it's always going to be referred to as yeah. the Minority Report thing yeah. for, for decades, I think. Yeah. And so. I, it, I think it speaks to a thing this movie does mm. very well, which is we've talked a lot <laughs> about a lot of different science fiction films on this podcast. Mm. But as we have delineated, a lot of times those films are technically kind of more space operas. Right? Sure, right. They're, like fancy they're not films. trying too hard to be real sci fi grounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is very much a sci fi movie. Mm-hmm. This is an if this, then what kind of premise hinging on technology. And I think the movie has an approach to that from the top down, which, aside from the central conceit of what if someone could predict the crime, what does that mean, this and that, I think the way every technology works in this movie, it's clear how much thought went into it. But the best part is, other than like the stupid wood grain on the balls thing, like, they don't often over explain the tech. Which like, I love. With the haloing and the yes, six sticks. Yes, they don't. Yeah. They're just like, use your six stick. And then someone gets sick. We and you're get like, it. well, I get what that does. <laughs> you know? But like, yes. no one's like, well, here is a six stick and this is the halo. And that's what that does. Well, and know? the way this movie depicts advertising and the way it uses that yeah. as part of the oh. plot and tension and everything and the eye scans is amazing. And but it is like, it's just kind of background. Yeah. He just shows you the world and how it exists. Right. And you're able to pick up on it because it's all intuitive. It's not people sitting in a room blue skying and being like, what would be cool if this fucking existed? Right. He's going like, what path are we on? Like, what's the height of what's going to happen? Right. So when it happens in the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I'm visiting New York from from Bumptown. And, um, Humble brag. <laughs> and... I walked through the Oculus and also just being in Times Square. And mm-hmm. you're like, when I was walking through the Oculus, which is, you know, this new sort of thing. Obviously, you guys know I'm sort of explaining people don't live here. No, like no, near the World Trade Center. It's just screen after screen after screen of right. advertising. And the like the only thing that's missing is being like, welcome back, Joanna. Hey, Joanna. How's that sweater Yeah, set? we <laughs> heard we heard you cracked your iPhone screen. Would you like a new one? I did. I do. But it's like, <laughs> you look at how much. Oh, no. Oh, how yeah. bad. That's yeah, pretty bad. You should get um, a big one like me. Look, I got a big one. Oh, big. Ugh. Ugh. Big. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Producer Ben? Who? The Ben Deucer? Get him in here. The Doer Ben? We haven't talked to him. The Poet Laureate? Ben Deucer. Mr. Hositive? Those are his many nicknames. White Hot Benny? The Fuckmaster? He's not Professor Crispy? No. He he is, if you check the, the nameplate on his door, it does say Fart Detector. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Well, I'm not taking cases. I'm not saying you are Fart Detective. I'm saying it says that on your door. And even Ooh, if you're not man. working right now... D- ben, true or false, it says that on your office door. Griffin, it does I swear say to God. it on my door. <laughs> Right. Yes. Okay. okay. He's our finest film critic. <laughs> Griffin just gave me a real, <laughs> like, who me? Like a real gilly look. 
I'm wiggling my eyebrows now. Yep. <laughs> Gilly. Gilly. <laughs> What a dumb sketch. Yeah, it's a bad. <laughs> bad character. Bad and character. Yet. They did 40 times. And yet yeah. lodged in but my the, like, brain. But yeah. they wore you down due to repetition. They kind of knew. Yeah. Like, at a certain point, it's not going to be funny, but it's going to have the rhythms of something that's funny because you know how hard you know, it was. I'll say, when Wig came back and she did, not Gilly, but the, um, you know. The, Candle uh, Lady? Uh, quite, no. no. The, the surprise question, party uh, one. No, oh. no. The, oh, oh, the password. Keyword, password, uh, yeah. Whatever, whatever the fuck yeah, it's called. The game show one. The game show one. I was like, oh, Christ, this one. But then, like, I was like, no, this is funny because I haven't seen it in four years. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's okay. That was the problem was she did all of her characters every episode. Yeah. Um, so Minority uh, Report. No, no, well, Ben Hosley's Bruce here. Ben, ben, you just, hi, ben. Joe, I just, hey, guys. Because you're new to the show, I just want you to know that Ben has graduated to certain titles over the course of different miniseries. This is true. <laughs> Such as Kylo Ben, producer Ben Kenobi, mm-hmm. Ben Say, Ben I Chamalan, uh Say Benny Thing, and, <gasps> and T, T Ben Thousand, Ailey Ben's. Ailey Ben's, baby. Hosley La Vista baby was suggested. Quickly. No, thank you. Ailey Benz. Ailey Benz. Ailey Benz. Ben Hosley, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, guys. I mean, I didn't chime in because I was enjoying that conversation. Oh, that's good. Uh, also, oh, because you guys are so much more insightful than me. Uh, I will agree with you, though, Joe. I hated those stupid wooden balls. Thank you. What's wrong Fuck with the balls? Shit. What about when... Neil McDonough determines, uh, you know, sorry, demonstrates uh, predestination or whatever by rolling the ball. That's cool. That's cool. I thought Chris did that. Chris did that. Chris, Chris does, does it. it. Whoever the fuck Feral does catches it. it. Someone, yeah, Feral yeah. Catches it. Look, yeah. guys. What if it was a snow globe instead? <laughs> you want them to make a full snow globe? Mm-hmm. You mean every time there's a murder, they have to make a new and like and inject it's a little it with miniature scene of where the murder happens. <laughs> just, the problem is that but- would be amazing if they had to figure out the murder from a snow globe <laughs> and they had to like shake it and well, be by like. By the time Wait, it was is- done, the murder would be over. It's I mean, if you're really gonna do a snow globe right and mm-hmm. with the level of detail and care and and thought, to which I have become accustomed. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. We have standards. Look, in we're this grown world. ups now. Yeah. Grown we, ups. we we want real fucking snow yes. globe. Come on. I want a, store, a snow globe that's no, telling me a real shit. story. You know. <laughs> Have you guys ever broken a snow globe when you were kids and then get in trouble? Because I did. No. Were you were you replicating? That sounds uh, traumatic. It was just like the snow globe broke and weird goo came out of it. Yeah, and it's that was not really water. Annoying. It's, it's not water. Yeah. It's upsetting goo. Yeah, it was um, weird. I do like the time that um, that Tom Cruise sort of like snatches the ball that has his name on it mm-hmm. and distracted Steve Harris by being like, go get cake. Can I get some cake Can there? I go get some cake? That's How also, that? it's a very labored scene because he's like, I, you know, how much you go get me some of that cake that thing? He's like, yeah, I'll get some for me myself as well. Like, <laughs> should he, should <laughs> think, Chief? I'll get some cake too. Who doesn't Steve like cake? Steve Harris makes a real meal out of his like half a dozen. What is he? A dozen lines. But lines there's also things. the yeah. later at the end of the movie when when Max von Sydow is at that big celebration. They also have like a like a table of champagne in the control room too because they're like we get to celebrate too even though we're not wearing black tie. Yeah, right. It's. It's they, all cake and champagne at, at pre-crime. But what if Max von Sydow decides to commit a murder <laughs> with a ceremonial golden weapon? Uh, then they're in trouble. They're then, all drunk. Then they're yeah. Then they got real problems. Uh, okay, so we see this opening scene of him solving the crime, the Howard Marks murder. Griffin, you okay there? I'm buddy? doing great. I just I'm making plans for after that. <laughs> Your fucking photo away. Um, I love this scene. Guys, it's great. It's great. I mean, we're done talking about this scene. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to describe. It's but it's it just sets up the concept of the movie. You see one of these pre crimes uh, and and them stopping it in action. It's the first like fifteen minutes of the movie. Is they, you know, we got these three precogs. They're children of heroin. I'm sorry, neuroin addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a very easy version of heroin. Is that what it is? Yeah. It's like, you know, heroin, you have to inject it. It's like, oh, it's all calm. This one, it's just, you know, you can whiff it. 
Yeah. It'd be a whiff yeah, of sucking in your mouth. Yeah. That, that little whiff dispenser is a. Uh, it seems overly complicated to me. It it is a little weird. Yeah. What's the movie where they have? It looks like the whiffer, and they suck it, and then it lines their lungs so they can breathe underwater. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Not Harry Potter. And no, there's some movie the where that's, that's the sci-fi technology. It's like a recent mm. movie, and it looked exactly like the whiffer device they have, and they go like, and they go like, great, now your lungs are lined, you can breathe underwater. No idea what you're talking about. Mm. We've got to move on. I'm going to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> um, Part so detective wait. on the case. So, but, but this is a good, yeah, because Colin Farrell's there, too, while yeah. this is all happening, so it's getting explained to him, but really quickly. It's so clever. It's yeah. very clever. Yeah. You know, like, we're getting what the vague idea is, but also it's a fun action scene. Well, and I understand it's a kids' movie, so the rules are different. But look at it's how a kids' like, movie. I'm, listen to the counterpoint I'm about to present. Oh, oh I see. Um, the rules are different, and they have to make it more accessible. But like Inside Out has to have a lot of narration in the first 10, 15 minutes sure, to explain sure. all hey, the technology. Hey, this is yeah. Garbage Island, which there are overlaps yeah. in. It's a ball-based rolling screen system. <laughs> it is a ball-based system. True, simpler console, though. Yes, yeah. you know, but, but those it's are like, more like bowling balls and less like snooker balls. Yeah, there's a big. Yeah. Those are some. Like, those know, are some big bigger. clackers. Well, then, yeah, there are some big clackers. <laughs> They're really the same size balls. It's just like they're just a tiny. Oh, that's true. <laughs> they're just uh, tiny people. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. true. In fact, they're probably like marbles. Is what you're saying? Because they're well, they're probably tiny. Because they're, they're got to be in your head. Oh, Think about yeah. how many you got to fit in there. Mm. All how right. are we doing, guys? We're doing great. We're doing really well. well I think we cleared the first scene. Yeah, is that right. Great. <laughs> my point is like Inside Out has to have her like clearly explain it because it's also for children. Yeah, sure. But this movie has like a similar kind of setup. Yeah. Where it's like we need to understand what's going on in the world outside, how they relate to it, what the technology is, how all of it works, and we just see it in fucking action. They got yes. the three precogs. Daniel London is m- maybe sexually invested in all three of them. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But he's got him in the tank, Definitely and they hook him an up, Agatha. and he yeah. watches the screen, and he does finger shit, and then they see the crime, and then they have to reverse engineer from there. Where's this guy? How do we find him? Right. Yeah. Uh, cool, exciting, great Very sci-fi exciting. premise, and it's a great cool idea. Take down where yeah, where they have to figure out it's a red ball, so it's like it's about to happen, and they, they catch him out where it is just in time. Just in time. And you also see, oh, Tom Cruise is the fucking best at this. You, you see, do, but you're also kind of like, wait a second, this is kind of weird. Like yeah. you are, you're, you know, he definitely was gonna kill his wife, but you're also like, he didn't do it. And like the way they drag him out with the halo, and mm. I don't know, you're just, moral quandary. Huh. Huh. Mm. Yeah, yeah. A real head scratcher. This one, <laughs> I just scratch my head. Mm. Oh. Um. So then, and then we we chill out for a second while Colin Farrell is sort of more, uh, obviously, and is the antagonist. Right, he's like, yeah. So anyway, I'm here to kind of like bust you guys open because if this is going national, you know, like doing one I of gotta... my favorite things an actor can do on screen: wearing Chew gum, wearing Chew a gum. Were you gonna say wearing a great suit? I was gonna say wearing a middle mustache. He doesn't fully commit to the stash. It's true, it is a mi- middle stash. He also wears a yeah. uh, a cross, yeah, which is uh, or it's like a meda- like a Michael like a medallion like a, yeah, sort of thing some... that, he, that he kisses. I didn't like that. That's the one Colin Farrell thing I didn't like because he has to like. He does he it during the it chase scene. During like a fist fight on yeah. top of a car yeah. factory. He's like, I'm about to wail on Tom Cruise, but first let me kiss my medallion. Mm-mm. Hey, ma'am. Um, no, I, here's a question for you. So I was watching it and I was like, his accent's really weird in this. Because it's mostly American, but then he's got these very got this Irish, Irish hint. inflections. Yeah. And then they have that one line where he talks about his father being murdered outside of their church in Dublin. Yeah. He's like an Irish immigrant, I guess. But that must have been rewritten after they cast him, and he was like, hey, I think I got the accent like 95% yeah. down. And, and he says like, like third, except it's turd, and you're right. like, oh, okay, no. Right. It's like one out yeah. of every 400 yeah. words. Yeah. 
is like very Irish. Yeah. And they clearly like, don't worry, we'll put one line in there yeah. to make it clear you grew up in both countries. Hand wave that away. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, you know, yeah. Just like David Sims, who grew up in London. I don't know if you knew that. <sighs> you never said that, guys. <laughs> love that Colin Farrell. Yeah. One day I'll interview him. Um, but He'd yeah. be one of my, I'd really love to sit down and get a tour with him. Chewing gum, which I love. He's chewing mm-hmm. gum. It's a very active decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I always like it in performances. It really works in this performance because really he does. makes him seem like a real yeah. jerk. Well, that's that's the like, character choice. It you is. Take your fucking gum right. out. You're right. in the precog temple. Right. It's a really gum. good coded way to gum. be like. He does that. Yeah. A yeah. uh, really good pre-coded way to yeah. kind of be like, oh, this guy sucks. This guy's a jerk. And he thinks he's better than everything. Yeah. You know, you like get it from the first second. Right. He's the the new guy. And he, he's not so sure about this pre-crime stuff. No, I mean... He's got his suspicions. As he says, he's like, you're arresting people who have committed broken no law, right? right. Like, don't you ever worry about that? That kind of that kind of conversation gets played out kind of simply. Tom Cruise rolls the ball, goes, why'd you catch it? Because it was going to fall. How do you know it was going to fall? It didn't fall because you caught it, this and that. And then Tom Farrell's like, I don't know about this pre-crime thing. Freaks me out a little bit. I'm a meat and potatoes cop. Also, who's this Groot that the kids keep talking about? <laughs> He is worked up about that. Really? He just I mean, doesn't at this understand point, it. 2048, I yeah. mean, we'd be on, what, like, Groot 8? Right. Right, like, the, the Groot still, spin-off. Still yeah. Gruten. Yeah. Yeah, Groot 8, still Gruten. Yeah. Groot meets the Wolfman <laughs> 2 has come out. Sure. He's not angry about it. He doesn't dislike Groot. He's just genuinely like, I don't know who this Groot is. I don't Groot know if is. I totally get Groot. The Groot yeah. thing, yeah. Um, but so that's that's now our main players, and then uh, Max von Sydow. Max von Sydow, who plays, sorry, let me get his character Plays name. the role of Max von Sydow. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he does. The father of pre-crime. Lamar Burgess. Yes. And it is obviously, Spielberg was just like, Max, like, please, yeah, please, please do whatever you do want to do. Do the thing. I think he's really good, though. He's, he's like, yeah. he's like fun. T- to the max. He yeah. really, he's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> In, like, the best way. It's another thing where you're like, why is the director of pre-crime in Washington, D.C., like, Swedish? Swedish? Like, a Swedish man. Like, like the most Swedish? And you're just like, very, it like, it's fine. It's, it is fine. You're just, I guess, you know, it's, oh, no, we've, the, the eyes of the nation. I can't do his voice. I wish uh, I could do his voice. You did voice. a really good uh, impression of him as Lord Santeca when we were covering Force Awakens. What's a line? I just really, I literally just rewatched the first week. There was the line um, he says to Kylo Ren that you did, and you did it so well that you actually asked me to give you credit on mic. Something far worse has happened to you. I can't, I can't, there's something at, at the time that. it was really it was better. Good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What else uh, does this he say? will begin to make things right. <laughs> make things right. <laughs> right. So he really hits the right. Um, this movie, here are two main thoughts I had watching this film, okay? What? One, God, Max von Sydow is so fucking old. Yeah. Because this movie was. 14 years ago. Yeah, and he basically right. looks the same. He looks right. exactly the same. Right. And that was like, that's the joke everyone makes is that like, the thing that kind of fucked up his career was he did The Exorcist and he was playing like 30 years older than he was and the makeup was so convincing and he had such authority that everyone already assumed he was 80 yeah. and he's been 80 for like 50 <laughs> years. Yes. How old do you think Max Vincetto was when he made this movie? When he made this movie? Yeah. I, I think 72. <sighs> 73. Damn, you're good. He's now 87. I didn't know you had this skill. Not of bad. height, age guessing. I'm good at numbers only when they relate to movies. <laughs> Box office, heights, ages, I can figure out. Capshaws. Right, um, but I can't do like figure out the tip on a check. Capshaws I can figure out. Capshaws are my wheelhouse. <laughs> I can do two. Wait, what's your check. number two? My number two point is, God, Tom Cruise looks so fucking young in this. Yeah. Because I remember seeing this movie and it was like, okay, Tom Cruise is like, what, he, what he's like 39 in this maybe? Hmm, that's a good question. I'll look that up too. Right, he he's might like be a little older than that. Now. He is fifty-four now, so he would have been, you know, about forty. 
Okay. Yeah. He's like edging on 40. Okay. Coming up on 40. And this was a point where it's like, I always kind of, you know, track people in these terms of how many decades they've been in movies for, mm. you know? Uh-huh. Rather than like how many years they've been doing it, I think how many decades you're able to cross over into is interesting because the cultural shifts happen in these decades. Sure. So he was in like his third decade the of beginning being, of his third decade. Right, yeah. a big movie star. So at that point, it's like you're kind of graduating to being an elder statesman, you know? Not like, you know, an oldie, but like you're a steady hand, you're trusted, you, you've you had people grow up with you, you have people in different yeah. age ranges who have different yeah. relationships age with granges? you. Age ranges? Age ranges, uh, which is my term for uh, uh, Tom Cruise fans. Um, the age granges. It's like the grange on the wood. You can't fake it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Boy. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. It's Five comedy points. Five, it's really fucking hot in here. Um, David's pushing <laughs> the LCD screen of... The thermostat. Yeah. Guys, that's just a prop. The off thermostat. <laughs> There's like nothing on the screen. Nothing's on the screen. It's um, dead. Are you saying that like in 2002, when you see Tom Cruise cruising around a Minority Report, you did not expect him to be Jack reaching around and like, a, you know, over a decade later that he's still doing this? It's well, true. You it, yes. Because when you, like I said, when you see Collateral, you're like, right, Tom Cruise will age. Right. He will get older. And that's only two He'll years after He'll start to slide this. into right. like slightly more like maybe supporting roles or grown up roles. Some Valkyrie stuff yeah. is happening. Right, coming. right. Yeah. And now he's just decided to be like, no, just like throw me out of planes yeah. until I die. <laughs> he's right? like, forget about time. <laughs> I have mastered time. And like this was the first <laughs> sci-fi movie. Oh my God. But I mean, he's having a. Sorry, the he, first sci-fi movie. Yeah, sure. Go. Were you saying he's having a good run right now? Uh, yeah, but also his life is like all fucked up. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, um, don't know, I don't know, man. Yeah, you this know, one, like he doesn't yes. see his kid anymore, and like yeah. I hear all this dark shit. I love the Mission Impossible movie. Uh, we, oh, we, like, we love. Excuse them. me, you just entered the yeah. Mission Impossible <laughs> temple. Apart from yeah. two, obviously, yeah. two is like. So we're like the Mission Impossible precogs. Is that what you're yeah. saying? God. Look, Joe, 100%. your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to love Mission Impossible <laughs> okay. as much as we. What's do. your fave? Uh, it's a hot debate on this podcast. I it's either first impression. Just give what what go, what does your heart no, say? Go pro, go pro, go protocol. God damn it! Yeah. Is yours Rogue Nation? Yeah. Okay. Is that it's the one that's second. tied with you? Okay. Yeah. I thought I was gonna go win pro. that one. Go uh, has anyone talked about that? Have you talked about this? That on Westworld, which is produced by J.J. Abrams, yeah. the name of like the Savage Tribe is Ghost Nation, which yeah. is a combination of Rogue Nation. Ghost yes, you talked about that. I mean, I don't know if I've talked about it publicly. I've okay. had internal debates about it. Okay. <laughs> Am I blowing up your spot by forcing you to no. acknowledge this publicly? Please, please always do. Let me tell you the part of, I mean, I know we're going linearly, but hey, what's time anyway? Um, Hells yeah. <laughs> the, the part of Minority Report that made me think of Westworld the most was when they take Agatha out of the tank mm-hmm. and she's freaking out and she goes, is it now? Oh, and it's like, that's, love that. It's such a good moment, but it's like, I was like, and he's that's. like, yes, this is all yeah, happening right is, now. And she's like, I'm so sick of the future. Oh, and I you feel her. for her, and she's so good. And yeah. I was just thinking a lot she's about so fucking good Evan now. Rachel Wood, like, freaking out about time in Westworld. Spoiler for Westworld. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, spoiler for Westworld, uh, the season ended. Yeah. Uh, you're you're, you're behind. Yeah. Well, also, this is going to post in February. Oh. So, uh, not even like March, I think. Yes. Oh, yes, really? Yeah. Of yeah. 2018. Oh, yeah, oh God, I'll stop making topical jokes. No, 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 no. Am no, I no. making any topical no, we, no, you haven't. And okay, also, good. we love it's just out a of time date capsule. Okay. It's a reflection of a simpler time. Um, Before Trump was president. Okay. Yeah. No, but it is interesting Dude, because. Uh, believe me, mm-hmm. there's some apps that posted post. Put it that way. Cruise, mm-hmm. third, you know, decade of being a movie star, but Mission Impossible was his action franchise, mostly did dramas. This was his first sci-fi movie, and now he mostly does crazy. sci-fi shit. It's funny, yeah. He yeah. Had, he didn't actually do a lot of heavy genre stuff before this, right? And so yeah. I think of like sci-fi Tom Cruise as being this kind of 
broken down Tom Cruise, where he's got the weight of clearly like his life, him trying to win back public opinion. And also, Cruise now has these like bags under his eyes. He's aged very well. I wish he had more salt and pepper in the hair. But he's let some lines come into his face that make him look a little more haunted. Yeah. And knowing that this is a haunted Spielberg sci-fi movie, I, in my mind, I think had like, when I replayed the scenes from the sun-bleached, you know, laptop yeah. screen from this movie, had aged him to look closer to current-day Tom Cruise. Like I was Oblivion like, Tom Cruise? Yeah, I was like, it's him in that zone. And then I watched this and I was like, God, that's a fresh face. You right, know? he's like really broken up about his son and, and his his wife, his estranged wife, and you're like... Too fresh race, Tommy he's boy. So boyish in this, yeah. Too young, Tommy boy. He's to excellent be a dad. in it, but just visually, he's so good. You yeah. guys, when he's looking at like the hologram of his son and saying the lines mm-hmm. along with the video, yeah, that's, that's it's some great. Good stuff. It's great. So that's set up early on that he is a dude who lost his son before pre-crime was created. He is very haunted by it. It led to the dissolution of his marriage in a real M Night Shyamalan style plot uh, point. And uh, he's become a high-functioning drug addict as a way of coping with this. Sure. He's but a also workaholic. it's what drives his pre-crime yes. obsession, yes. right? right. Yeah. That he doesn't, he loves the idea of uh, creating a world where no one will ever have to go through what are he you, went through. Are you saying this time it's personal? This that time it is kind of personal. Yeah, it's kind of personal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Max von Sydow is the, the guy, the police chief, the mayor of pre-crime. And uh, they they got kind of a father son relationship. They're very close. Certainly, yeah. So though it is maybe a patronizing in a, in a way, right? Yeah. Like There's you know he really Lamar really like lets him off, and it's I think partly as eventually, we eventually realize like he's kind of it's sort of part of Lamar's kind of bag of tricks to yeah. sort of keep his own grasp on power. So I I don't know I'd forgotten how quickly, I think it's a genuine relationship. Yes, how quickly he gets. Pegged with the crime. Considering the first 15 minutes yeah. is one sequence, no, it's, essentially. It's first 15 minutes is that, and then the next 15 is just, you know, maybe just laying out the stuff we Fleshing just talked out about. The corners but then of the world. He's yeah. back at work, and hey, John Anderton's going to kill Leo Crow. Right. And that's like minute 30. He's going to kill Mike Binder. Yeah. Which, <laughs> and it, like, I'll say There's this. so many jokes you almost just made. <laughs> here's, the, here's the one I'm going to make. It's a great choice because it, it makes him a very sympathetic, relatable character. Because we all watch Tom Cruise and we go, I mean, I've been there. I've wanted to kill Mike Binder before. I know what this guy is going. I've been That's there the in the room with the loaded gun. We've all thought about killing Mike Binder. We've all thought about it. All right. Now, this is a, we're kidding, guys. It's a joke. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, Rain Over Me is a really terrible movie. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Black and white, though. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one. Um, paid for by Kevin Costner. So John, John Anderson goes on a run. Goes on the run. And, why? Uh, why? Because every, this time everybody, everybody runs. Everybody runs. Everybody, <laughs> everybody runs. Um, but I do like that there's not even a discussion because they're, you know, there can't really be. like Because they believe so solidly in pre-crime. But that's yes. the thing. It's like, it's oh, your religion. name came up? Sorry, buddy. And like. I like that. I like how the Temple Minders like, mm-hmm. I always liked a chief, so I'll give you a few minutes. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They um, all they all that. still like him. Like maybe not uh the guy who's played by Patrick Kilpatrick. Yeah, that <laughs> one guy. But everyone else is like the chief. Like they don't still mess with love the chief. They're the loyal chief. to they the chief. They don't want to yeah. hurt him. But yeah. at the same time, it's like if your name comes up, that's they put it. the halo on you. Yeah. Like that's kind of the that's end of it. There's no trial. Like it's just Well, and then another masterstroke of this movie is that the film is set during this kind of uh in the um the lead up to a major vote that's gonna happen about Pre-crime. Yes, there's right. going to be like a national referendum on pre-crime. Right. It's like a big Brexity issue where everyone's questioning. Well, and that's why Colin Farrell's there to sort of audit yes. it. Yeah. Right. It's from the DOJ. Right. Right. 
but it means that like more than ever, the people who are working in pre-crime are really strong-minded about the fact that it is a fair, ethical, successful thing. And you have that Colin Farrell scene where they roll the ball and they all kind of explain it to Tom Cruise most of all. Yeah. So, and the idea is murder. Right. It's a, it damages the metaphysics of our society or whatever. There is no, yeah, what was that? There it's, is, it's, like, that's yeah, how they explain that's it. That's why thing. they see murder. Yeah, no, Colin Farrell's like, so why else. doesn't it ping rape or, or like whatever? Suicide. Yeah, yes. suicide. And they're like, yeah, because murder. Murder. Metaphysical. Yeah, damage the metaphysical tissue or something. Anyway. Yeah. Delightful writing. It's that and shoplifting are the only two <laughs> that the precogs see. God, imagine. They see a guy at the Virgin Megastore trying to lift the new corn album. And they're but, like, let's hold that one until we find another murder. So he gets in his car, yeah. his maglev car. By the way, everyone drives a maglev car now. Yeah. Because he just knows. He goes, I, I know exactly what they're going to yep. do. I've been on the other side of this. My only way around this is to prove, I, I'm seeing this footage. I don't know who this fucking guy is. I don't know why I would kill him. So I just got to wait this out in a way. Essentially, right? I have to not kill him. Right. right. Like, I, if I cannot kill him at the time they say I'm going to kill him, if I can make it past that, then I'm then I'm fucking good. Sure. And of course, part of the idea that is introduced right away, but is more explored later, is like he's the first person to see his own right. crime. Right. And so does that make a difference? You know what you're gonna do? Does that give you the opportunity to not do it? Um, and he makes the rookie mistake of calling Max Doncino at every turn to be like, I'm doing this now. <laughs> Calls him a lot. <laughs> this is my next move. But once again, he really puts a lot of faith in, like, he puts a lot of eggs in the Doncino yeah. basket. But yeah. once again, this is what There's makes him a, a relatable character because I know every time I'm on the cusp of a big life decision, yeah. I call MVS. Yeah. That's who I call. I call what Max is. and I go like, Sidey, I just, I don't know. <laughs> hey, Sidey. Yeah. MVS is like, Batman v Superman yeah, in my yeah, head right now. I love uh, it. I love it. Who's an M uh, in the DC universe? It doesn't matter. Carry on. I'm sorry. Shut up. Okay. Shut up, David. Metallo. Oh, yeah. Metallo v Superman? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that will probably It'll happen. probably happen. Yeah. Max von Sydow, though. Um, yeah, he calls him way too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie does... Uh, no, no. I mean, like, it's believable because this is his yeah. mentor. This is the one yeah. guy who can probably help him. This is his dad figure. He's like... He also calls his wife, who then calls Max von Sydow. Like, like, all roads lead there. But, like... Uh, right, all roads lead to side out. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. roads lead to side out. The long inside out roll. <laughs> it's 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 believable, yeah. but it's one of those things where you're watching a movie after you've already seen the reveal, and you're like, oh, don't call him again. Yes. No, that's John. not. No. Who's Leo Crow? John. Ooh, that's good. good. You got it back. You got it back. Yeah. Mad TV. Said, of course, don't. <laughs> you listening? <laughs> Didn't they cancel it already? Yeah, but we'll bring it back again. <laughs> Just for the Max von Sydow yeah. sketches. They're gonna bring. A Mad TV back here. You're gonna be the only cast member. It's gonna be you live on a stage in front of an audience for an hour and a half. <laughs> it's just me doing Max Uncito and Hugo Agent Weaving. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, but how's your how's your Agent Smith go? I would need the line. I feel like there's some we'll line. Say, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, try like Mr. Anderson. No, no, try like, was, Mr. Anderson. Let's try yeah. if it, this no, is no, 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 guys, okay. No, no, so no, I, no. I asked myself, what would it sound like if Agent Smith was in Minority Report? <laughs> <laughs> And then that's the setup to my yeah. You know, I, I I get these crazy Anderson. thoughts. I think like about I, these yeah, crazy yeah. things. Uh, you know, like here's why I can't even get this out of my head. <laughs> I have crazy ideas. I do love that that was enough of a setup for an '80s comedian. You know, I have crazy ideas. Like I'm crazy. This about is crazy wacky. Stuff. It's pretty wacky. Yeah. Just yeah. bear with me. Such yeah. as this very specific <laughs> bit yeah. that I'm going to do that is 15 seconds yeah. long. David, if you turn away from the microphone and then turn back, it's like you're changing. And it's like yeah. I'm. Oh, <laughs> 
All right. Look, okay. I'm a lunatic. I'm certifiably <laughs> insane. Right? My girlfriend tells me all the time, David, you're crazy. Right. Like, I, I, like, I'm I'll in and out of institutions. They, try, they almost say that someone else has <laughs> observed that they're crazy. My doctor tells me I need to be medicated, but I, but I can't stop thinking about these things. What would it sound like if Kevin Spacey ate a hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Honey, this guy's fucking crazy. I feel dangerous. I, f- I, feel, I feel unsafe in this room with him. All right. Uh, enough of that. Great, done. <laughs> Just enough. Done. Uh, he runs. He Come runs. on, guys. There's, and then like this Spielberg just starts having so much fun, and he hasn't had fun in a while. No, I want to be clear. He's cutting loose. When's the last time Spielberg had this much fun? Well, like with him, with yes. his set pieces, I mean, not in a long time. Right, like Jurassic Park, probably. It's five years earlier, and that movie is a couple oh, Jurassic, set pieces. Oh no, oh, not oh, Lost, Lost World. World. Fuck okay. that. There's no fun to be had there. All the fun is Are lost. Are you kidding me? In the world. Come on. That little girl does like gymnastics. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's like him where he's like, this will be fun, right? And then you're, everyone's just like, no, no. But like all the that's little. Like family road trip fun. The, like, this is fun, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like uh, the, the, the yoga, the yoga people who are, whose uh, heads are tucked underneath yeah, their legs. Yeah, that's such a Spielberg gag. Uh, the the, the, the jetpack lighting the burger on fire when he's yes. wrestling. I love that And they're that going, shot. get out of the house, get out of the house. <laughs> all that stuff. All of the like them messing with the world around them yeah. as they like crash through everyone's houses. The guy who's like playing the trumpet or something. Sure. Yeah. The sequence with the spiders where it's the, the bird's eye view through the rafters of the ceiling. Oh, and well, you see incredible. everyone doing They all built these. that whole set like, yeah. Yeah, right. You see the people going. There's a guy going to the bathroom. There's like a there's couple the, that's fighting. Yeah, and then they pause having sex. while they like get yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, How come we don't have jetpacks now? Uh, we do. We just didn't tell you, Ben. Okay. Yeah, you, we've. Yeah. You're not supposed to tell him. Wait a second. <laughs> have you seen those? You've like, been holding out. That was the whole <laughs> thing we all decided on, except <laughs> for Ben. We. All, I love jetpacks. We all agreed. Uh, have you seen those water jetpacks, Ben? Get at him. Fucking town. They're like <laughs> you have to be on the water, and they shoot water out at such a speed and intensity that you are propelled up in the air above the water. I love that. But you're not quite rocketeering. You're no. like flailateering. Agreed. But you do get wet, Ben, because <laughs> it's water on water. Wow. Yeah, Ben likes wet movies, and this is a wet movie. There's a great bath in this movie. Good. There's an ice bath. There's the uh, weird milky goo that all the precogs mm. live in. Nice little soak. It's like the neuron milk. Isn't that what it's called or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah the, the proton milk. Proton he calls milk. it a proton milk Blech. and you're like, great. Gross. What's that? <laughs> it's basically um. just like warm Xanax milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that is accurate. Uh, can we talk about uh, Cars on Walls quickly? Oh, yeah, we should. Cars we should, on Walls is cool. Oh, well, by the way, cool. we should actually mention that way back in the beginning they, you know, uh, she grabs him out of the. Oh, that's, yeah, that's actually important. crucial. Like right. she grabs him out of the pool. He goes yeah. into the temple. She We're talking about Agatha. Agatha, played by Samantha Morton, and says, "Can you see?" And tries like shows him some vision she's having of an old murder. Right. And the temple miner's like, "That's crazy. She will never do that. She didn't grab you." And then, then no one's like, "Let's follow up on this." Yeah, like, right. is there a camera we can look? That's at? when he goes to Tim Blake Nelson, who swallows an entire honey baked ham without chewing. <laughs> And they give you the backstory of like, well, I don't know. I'm looking for these files. Oh, let's find the source of. Here's my favorite. He's like, yeah. well, you know, what, like, I don't know. How many files do they have in there? A lot, right? Yeah, but like a bazillion. And he's like, yeah, yeah a bazillion, right? And right. he's like, well, it was drowning. He's like, oh, that narrows it down to five. Like, <laughs> hey, man, yeah. how many murders by drowning happen? Come on. That's hard to kill someone by drowning. Yeah. Yeah. You just hold them down. Well, Rip wait a second. Wait I mean, a I'm second. Wait the, a second. the physics of it. <laughs> But yes, that's when the Tim Blake Nelson scene happens. Anyway, right. cars but, on walls. Cars on but walls. that establishes this idea that 
the precogs have to kind of work together. Yeah. They're not powerful separately. It's three right. visions together. But especially you need the woman. You need Agatha, She's the best the one. female, they call her. Yeah. And when he checks, he wants to see just her feed of that drowning crime. Ooh, missing. Deleted. Huh? What? Interesting. Mm. Okay, so now cars on walls. <laughs> They're cool. The cars move. Uh, They're maglev two directions. Cars, yeah. yeah. Well, they, they move in all directions, kind of. But that's a yeah. cool. It's a cool visual when he's like going one way, and then they take control of the car, and it starts heading him yes, back to the yes. office. Yes. And then he gets the out peril of, the... of driverless cars, people. By yeah. The way. And then he yeah. gets out of the car, and he's sort of like on the edge of the car, and then it goes like sharply over a cliff because it's cars on walls. Because it's cars not just yeah, it goes shoom, yeah not yeah. just horizontal but vertical. Uh, and so he's like, so then he has to do- like hop around, and yeah, it's great. It's yeah. Great, it's like a little scene. video game. And then we get the car factory at the end of it. Which is a great, great Spielberg. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. think I've watched all the DVD extras, but years ago. But I, that's that was something that Alfred Hitchcock had always wanted to do. He'd oh. always wanted to have some big set piece uh, in a car factory where the car is being made around the people who are fighting, and then at the end you drive out in a car. Like he just thought, like that's like that's America, right? That's great. Ten comedy points. And exactly. And yeah. so Spielberg was like, you know what? We've got I've got the money. I got the juice. We're gonna do this. And like Tom Cruise's fuck you face. I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. Right. Oh, you no. can. Yeah. You should have been yeah. doing it more. His like fucky faces. He like sits up and he's like, "Yeah, what up, bitch? I'm alive in this car." And then great. Colin Farrell basically goes, "Editor." He goes like, like this. He goes, he, <laughs> "Yeah, uh, he does." He, he, he literally he punches okay, his own you're right. uh, the, palm. That's yes. my second choice that I didn't like: the kissing of the medallion and the air punch. No, I think that's great. <laughs> also, that's he's got the one trickle of blood coming out of his nostril. Yeah, yeah. that's where we're introduced to the the sonic guns. I love the sonic guns that you like. You wind up. Ah, uh, that's cool. All the tech oh, in this movie is really so good. Oh, those are so cool. Yeah. Cool. It is cool. And um, then we learn... Sorry, I'm not trying to rush this. No, 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 no. Please, like, <laughs> please, we need to rush. But then we learn that, this, that we're not just watching a sci-fi because... Oh, I don't know. I, I guess... I guess moving plants are sci-fi, but like the yeah. plant thing feels like fantasy. Almost. Yeah, it's yes. a little, you it's, know, it's unusual. The right. vine, the vines. Uh, I would, I wouldn't say I wasn't looking, expecting uh, right. vines that eat people. Yeah. to pop up in this very movie. Harry Potter, and yeah. so like you know before Harry Potter, and so yeah, the vines come as he is it Hinneman, right? Is that her name? Yes, Iris no. Hinneman, who's Iris been told. Uh, I forget who plants the idea. To, I guess it is um, Max von Sydow, yeah. isn't yeah. it? He's you know like where he's saying like. Who who would know like how yeah. the precogs work? And she's you know Hinneman maybe. So he goes to see the inventor of precrime, right. Iris Hinneman, played by Lois Smith, the, the great Lois Smith, great who's scene. also not aged because she plays yeah. a wacky old lady in The Nice Guys just last yeah, year. Right, and she's, right, right. Yeah, she's a little older, but I mean, yeah. her eyeglasses are little Coke bottles. Yeah, yeah. I just she's watched got, that. I just watched that movie on the plane. Big so that, yeah. thick glasses. Uh, I didn't know that she was. She's in uh, East of Eden. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's she was like a, ingenue an ingenue. Yeah, yeah. yeah, here's a. Young, yeah, but there's like a bunch of photos of her, like you know, smooching James Dean. Hey man, nice work if you can. Get yeah, it. exactly. That's so. <laughs> allowing. But yeah, uh, no, she's still around. I mean, she's 86 now, so yep. around here, she's in her mid 70s when she makes. She's it. fantastic at this. Um, so she's good. She's uh, just a, I think I would have nominated for an Oscar this year. I, 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 I might have. Yeah, I, I mean, she's definitely. Well, I might have. I, the, the question is. Do I give two Minority Report slots? Because I, I definitely oh, would yeah, have given Samantha Morton, Morton a Griffey nomination. No question. no question. It's actually outrageous that she didn't get nominated. I remember her being like in the conversation. Oh, she like yeah. she was kind of close. It felt. But like. they didn't like the movie. It only got right. one nomination for sound editing. It's uh-huh. like it's kind of outrageous. It yeah. didn't get like a production design nomination, which is really crazy. Didn't get visual yeah. effects. Yeah. And I will say like the 
in terms of production design or or the CG of this movie, CG of this movie generally very good. The the plants is where it sort of stretches. Got cartoony. Yeah, a little that is true. No. When it's actual CG, not so yeah, good. When, when it's she, integrated CG, yeah. right? When it's like sort of you're expanding and filling out the world, looks yeah. good. Mm-hmm. But when she grabs that plant to sort of make her point and it and it cuts her palm open, like that looks kind of. She's great. She's, she's giving terrific. It. She sells she it. She believes that she's wrestling with this vine that she's grasped, but the vine itself looks kind of cheesy. But, but she throws a bunch of big reveals out yes. there. The precogs are kind of an accident. Yes. You know? She... Yeah, they were the daughters and sons of, of drug addicts, of neuro right. and addicts. trying to cure, and this yes. was like a weird side effect, was that they conceive of these. Uh... Right. And then people latched onto it. Presumably MVS was kind of leading the charge, mm-hmm. and they hooked him up so these kids have sort of lost <laughs> yes. their lives, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, so. That I is mean, a tragedy. I'll just tell in, like, you a my trance. read on this movie yeah. pretty quickly, but also, we, I also just want to mention, this is crucial for us to mention, and we've sure. already gone past this scene, Cameron Crowe's in this movie. Oh, That's what fuck. I was going to say. Yeah. Cameron Crowe's and we... Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz is in this movie? Yeah, and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson Paul is in Thomas it, although, Anderson. like, I've never seen him. I just know that he's in it. I think oh. Cameron Diaz is on that train, too, but I could be wrong. Gonna look it up. Anyway, we know it's Oh, Crow. yeah, she is. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Crow's on the train. Yeah, he is reading he's the- He's right behind the, What, he's reading uh, USA Today? He's reading uh, USA Today that, like, yeah. auto-updates. It's another right. sort of thing that is right. Oh, jeez, and that's Cameron Crow. Right yeah, there. Cameron Diaz is right behind Cameron him. Cameron Diaz, I mean, yeah. Um, and yeah, and PTA It's one of those tech things there, that's, like, like, almost there, you know? The, yeah. Like, the newspaper that just suddenly, like, changes its headline. Yeah. Uh, PTA's on the card, too. Yeah. But anyway, it's just we've done a whole Cameron Crowe miniseries. I mean, I figured we should shout yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, this, is, this yes. was the little vanilla sky. Well, because that's his co-star and his Spiely has yeah. uh, a cameo in Vanilla right. Sky. It's it was a little, like a little the, crossover right. cameo. I, his his here cameo back in Vanilla Sky is a little Wait, you mean Vanilla yeah. Sky? Vanilla yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vanilla Sky. <laughs> you know, like, the nominees for Supporting Actress last year, they're pretty good. 2002, so Catherine Zeta-Jones wins. Yeah. Meryl Streep for Adaptation. Yes. Julianne Moore for The Hours. Mm-hmm. 2002. Which is category from, but whatever. Right. 2002, uh, Rosemary Harris for Spider-Man. <laughs> You've missed an obvious one. I missed the obvious one? Well, because you already said Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, oh, Queen Latifah right. for Chicago. Right. The double the double nom. And, and then, then is the other one a weird one? Kathy Bates in About Schmidt. Oh, who is great in that. Terrific Wait, in that movie. Wait, you're saying Samantha Morton would have been supporting? She would have been. She's only in the last third of the movie. She doesn't really talk until like an hour and 40 minutes in. You know, that's the thing. And she goes, but then she has that like light bathed scene where she's. Oh, what a monologue that is! Yeah. And then she goes, "Run!" Yeah, run. Oh my God, she's uh, so good. This is so good. And this Morvan Caller is the same year too. She, that's she crazy. had a great year. Oh my God, um, this is a very hard performance because it's like it, it's you cannot rely on any realistic human behavior. Also, someone else who was wasted in Fantastic Beasts. Yes, Sam Morton. And it was like an interesting little uh, minority report reunion. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, Terrible wig on her. They just did her what all a the service. Awful the wig piece. they gave yeah. her. She shaved her head. That'd be better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shaved head's good. I was looking at her IMDb and she was doing like so much interesting work until 2009, and she's done a lot of like small movies that don't go anywhere TV since then. Uh-huh. She hasn't done much since 2009. My favorite of quality. Samantha yeah. Morton in America. It's a fun movie. It's Naked Beauty. And she, oh, she's very good in that. Yeah. Too, yeah. She has a shaved head in in America as well. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. Oh, yeah. I, I think this was maybe shot right after. Yeah. Or that it was, was shot right after. It was yeah. 2003. It was just, she was just yeah. like growing it out. Um, but you're right. She just kind of, I mean, she is in John Carter, but it's a motion ca- mo- mo- cap. But that's 2009. Or that's 2012. 2012. Right. She's in Cosmopolis. Kata. Right. But it's Messengers in 2009 is the end of a run mm. where she's doing a lot of really good shit with really good people. Um, is that when she like came out? 
I don't know. That might have been when she burned some bridges. Because she came out and she said, like, she, that she, thing about her audition and how she was told she was too fat and all this. Stuff. Yes, and I, I believe she fired an agent and mm. went to another agent. There was some tumult. I think she's, a, you know, an interesting a person. firebrand. Exactly. She directed a movie, too, which I've heard is very good that I oh, haven't right. seen. Um, but it's on Netflix, I believe, called The Condemned. I'm getting it wrong, but it's something like that. But she's so good in this. She's, like, basically jello for the whole movie. Yeah. You know, unloved. like. The Unloved. She, she's fantastic. Like her movie. physical performance is just incredible. And, and you're also you're playing someone with circumstances that don't exist. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And she has to behave in totally unrealistic ways. Yeah. Uh, based on those circumstances, but she makes it all feel real. Where you're like, oh, this is what this person would actually be like if they uh, lived in a tube of Jello, were the child of a drug addict, right. you know, and were burdened with seeing the future at all times. Yeah. Like you're just like, oh yeah, this seems like a very naturalistic portrayal of oh, that. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of she has to play the sort of the physical pain of it, yeah. the mental sort of like overload. And she's so good. And even just that shift from the monologue to the run is like that run is terrifying. It's so scary. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. But we're jumping ahead. Way ahead. Sorry. No, it's fine. Everybody runs. I can't remember. where. Oh, well, the little right. The Iris Hinnaman scene. That's just yeah. fun. Where, where she introduces the idea of the minority. Report. And she tells yeah. him that he needs to break back in basically yes. and steal Agatha. It's in her brain. And she's like, I bet you know where you can get some eyeballs. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's true. But that's like the third time. Like they planted that very well because I feel like because there was that other one where there was like talk. John Doe who couldn't be identified because he had someone else's eyeballs right. in, and then at the beginning, the guy he buys drugs from has mm-hmm. no has eyeballs. No eyes. Yeah. yeah, no, it's obvious. But I like Spielberg hitting it on the no, head. no. I don't mean and the, I no, no. I yeah. know we agree. We yeah. agree. I mean, yeah, that scene where the drug dealer is like the one-eyed man yeah. is king, and then you cut to Cruz. And literally one of his eyes is bathed in light and the rest of him is totally unlit. You know, like right. he wants. And there's that scene where Max von Sydow like says like the eyes and then coughs, you know, and then he's like of our nation or uh, like, yeah. yeah, bam, bam. It's coming. Yeah. Um, Peter Starmer coming. He's, he's coming. coming. Uh, but he yeah, shows up. The Minority Report, which is a great uh, just phrase. They disagree. It's a cool term. Yeah. Um, is when uh, one of the precogs sees something slightly different, which adds in some degree of. You know, ambiguity. Ambiguity. Mm, wait a second. Would, the system wouldn't work if people knew that. No. They delete the files automatically. Cruz has never seen them. That's why the file was missing when Tim Blake Nelson was uh, taking some laps in the River of Ham. <laughs> and um, and now Cruz, in addition to going, okay, that's my key. If I can there find the minority, be a minority report, report right? For me, yeah. then I can prove that it's not a given. But also now, ooh, moral quandary. He's thinking over his whole career. Yeah. Right. Because it's going, I, I arrested Halos who might. Not have done the crime? Yeah. That's the question. Lois Smith plays it really well because she walks in there. She's even pricklier than those fucking plants. Nice one. Thank you. <laughs> nice one. I don't know. And you're like, what's going on? Why is she giving him so much sass? And it's like, she's she's got a guilty conscience about this whole she's thing. She's giving him right. the right amount of sass. Right. So she's, she's giving just, him a good amount of sass. It's her and her plant. She doesn't want to fucking but deal with this mess she But she also realizes, I mean, like, this is a noir film. Uh, yes. Right? It's a neo-noir movie. It's shot like a noir movie. Mm. It has this bleach mm-hmm. bypass that they, they were very intentional about all that. And she's... Like that's a classic element of a noir movie, right? You meet all these weird characters who, and she's she's manipulating him because she's like, finally, I found a guy who can fuck this all up, take right? It down from the inside, but, you know, and like she in that quote you mentioned with the yeah. with the point where she's like, you know, your own survival, like that's that's gonna motivate you to do this. But then she also says like. Don't trust Mac Dunsido. Don't yeah, trust Colin Farrell. She's like, wait, don't- how many times have you called him? He's yeah. like, I don't know, a dozen. <laughs> she's, she's like, like wait d- delete him from your yeah. speed dial. Are you an right idiot? Now. Yeah. yeah. But she's also yeah. like, don't trust me. Don't trust anybody. Right. Fuck everybody. I mean, she's like, that Fed wants your job, which is the only time, like, I, I mean, you get that Tweet later. from the Fed. 
They call him the twink from Do the Do they Fed call a lot. twink? Yeah, they call him a twink oh like six God. times. <laughs> that um And Colin Farrell calls himself a twink from the Fed. He uh he references it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I missed like I blinked the whole Gum. twink yeah, me thing. Too. Gum. Um, I've seen this movie five million yeah, times. No, but like when when Colin Farrell starts to do the touchscreen yep. thing, and as we've said, he's not quite as good. As he's not quite as good at, it, but like there's that when she's like the 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 twink from the Fed wants your job, mm-hmm. and then he does the screen. You're like, oh, he wants to be Tom Cruise. It's not that he wants to just take down Tom Cruise. He wants to do this. You oh, know, one scene he does really well too is when Tom Cruise is pointing the gun at him, and he's like, I don't hear a red ball, and then the alarm goes off, and his face falling. Yes. That's some nice stuff yes. from Colin Farrell. In the elevator, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's also, that's um, beautiful meta casting, which- Oh, yeah, of course, right. Like, here's a young up-and-comer. You're yeah. right, yeah. This might be the next Tom Cruise, and certainly now I think it plays even better knowing that his strengths lied lied in a different, lay in a different direction. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that yeah. he ended up not fitting into that mold, so it's like, here was a guy where at the time he thought he wanted to be Tom Cruise. Everyone thought he wanted to be Tom Cruise. And, and then, then Whitward just gets... He gets shot by Max von Sydow. Well, spoiler. Yeah. For the end of this in conversation. A, I, well, I was in talking a, about the movie. I was talking about real life. <laughs> no, real life. Colin Farrell got shot by Max von Sydow. <laughs> that was just a simple dispute over coming. a card game. Nearly <laughs> a, a minor tumble. You motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so he goes to see uh, Peter Stormare, mm-hmm. who had been in Lost World. I yes, feel like he's right. In a, is he in another Spielberg movie? Is he he's in Amistad for a second? Mm-hmm. Remember how everyone in yeah. Lost World is in Amistad? Yeah. I can't remember. Including the T-Rex. <laughs> the T-Rex plays a lawyer. He's now, not what I see here. The, the T-Rex plays the bassoon in Amistad. <laughs> um, I guess he's not in any other Spielberg movies. But but Peter Stormare. God, he makes a lot of movies. He works a lot. Peter Stormare's doing full Stormare here. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, hey, Storm, hey, Stormare weather. Well, you just <laughs> Stormare weather. Five comedy points. I just did the quack. He does the quack. He yeah, quacks a lot. Quark, He's quark. just like, hey, Peter, I'm just gonna let you loose. We're gonna start rolling. Just do everything you can to make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> now, I, I, I have some issue with this scene, right? Okay. I don't know. What do you guys think of this? I like the scene generally. It's the eye swapping scene, yeah. right? And part of the fun of the scene is that as he's injected him with painkillers and he's getting ready to take out his eyes, he's like, by the way, I'm a crazy <laughs> scientist, man. I have a doctor. I set people on fire. Right? And we know each other and I have a The I have way a that's revealed, it's Tom good. Cruise is so, he's like, ha, you, because he has to be, yeah. fun, he has to be smiling because yeah. he's, the laughing gas is working. Right. Yeah. Like, you set your victims on fire. And he's like, they were performance pieces. Right? So right. you're like, oh my God. And then he totally, and also he, Tom Cruise doesn't have much money. Yeah. And in return, Peter Stormare gives him new eyes. I love like, it. Makes him eat some bad sandwiches. But like, you know, was that intentional? I, I don't even really know. It's like he drinks green milk, moldy and, milk. Yeah. You would think this is gonna be like, uh oh, like he's gonna be in but real bad like shape. Like that reversal that he's yeah. just sort of like. I could be talked into the. Yeah. That's a good reversal. I'll, I'll lie somewhere between the two of you in that. I, I think it works as a reversal. I think it's way too long. I think this this scene goes on for a it long time. It does go time. on for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Although, of course, it, it is setting Stormare, up the big like, spider scene. Yeah, and, stuff. and if yeah. it wasn't Stormare, like, I, it's the opposite of him, Blake Nelson. Like, I like the amount of cheese and ham he's I agree. bringing to At this, this point yeah. in the film, especially when he's drugged, it, it works. The cheese and ham sandwich that he makes is delectable. Yeah. And I... Enjoy the leisurely yeah. way. That's the key. You got to put cheese on the ham. <laughs> Tim Blake Nelson just pulled oh, out a oh, fucking just ham. So it's a good mix of ham and cheese. That's what you're yeah, saying. And yeah, and then so the Tommy, Tommy gets new eyes. Right. Uh, but the spiders come, so he has to go in an ice bath, and then you know, the ice bath is great. But then they zap him. And they zap him out of it. 
Well, and so, this is the whole yeah. we've already talked about, but that whole set piece is great, terrific, and the game. rule building of like, okay, you have to keep this bandage on for this long. If you take it off prematurely, then you're gonna go blind, and the eyes won't work. Right, and he does go blind. I've always right. that's how I've always taken it. Right, he he goes blind in one eye. In I one think eye, so. he's yeah. the one eyed man, right? Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's like the the stakes are so clearly set up. It's a classic Spielberg sequence where we know what's going on, where everyone is, what has to be done, what can't be done. Right. And you're like, how does he get around this? Oh, he lifts up one eye. Yeah. But I also yeah, I also just like the um the ice thing's smart. The weird yeah. dynamic playing out between Neil McDonough and uh, Patrick Kilpatrick. I love saying that guy's name, Patrick Kilpatrick, baby. You know where Neil McDonough's like, let's take it easy, and Patrick Kilpatrick's like, let's rough up the poor people. But I want to be scary. Also, they both just want to get lunch. Yeah, they do want to get They're lunch. They're hungry. Like that's me. A, that's a big cat. I do like the idea that <laughs> they don't know how to be cops. They don't have to do anything. They just toss their little iPhones out. No. That like The iPhones go find the people. That when they Later, when you have the murder scene, and Colin Farrell, Neil McDonald's like, huh, sure looks like a murder. And Colin Farrell's like, have you never run a murder before? Yeah, this he was like, like what crazy. were you doing before this? And what was it? It was like. <laughs> he's like a treasury agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, so this is your actual first murder scene. Yeah, right? he's like, yeah. so actually, yeah, this is bullshit. It's like non-lethal weapons and rocket packs, and all yeah. they do is apprehend people before anything gets bad. Right. Yeah. They don't know how to get their hands dirty. They sure don't. Yeah. So um, then, but he's got the Ziploc bag with his own eyeballs in it. Right. And some goop. Yeah, and I love that sequence. Just going back for a second, but him running through the mall where all the targeted advertisings hitting him, and it's yeah. like, oh fuck, this is why he needs new eyes. Yeah, I love that. Though. It's not yeah, even the like ads yell at you. It's not even like cops are gonna notice him. And even like, like getting on the subway, your mm-hmm. eyes get scanned. Like, right. It's all. But it's just like it. People know his name now. It's yeah. all over the news. And if he's walking around any public place, Gap's gonna keep on putting him right. on blast. I just wish more of the Gap things had been like um, that six pack of black rib. <laughs> tank tops that you bought. How do you like those? Like they don't. Yeah, they don't. They don't I, hit. Tom I need Cruise some more Tom Cruise. Choices. Yeah, I need. I need more you, Tom Cruise jokes. You could use a Guinness right about now, right? They do that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Got a sale on sleeveless shirts. Yes. How about how about you show those guns off, Mister so, Anderton? So he breaks into you. We talked about his. His weird uh, face-changing machine. Right. He breaks yeah. into uh, the, the temple. temple. You don't like the face-changing machine, Benny? No. Why not? It disturbed me. <laughs> That's a fair question. That's a fair yeah. answer. You didn't like the eye stuff either, right? No. Yeah. I, I think that really that. hit me in a visceral way. Uh, it I, I don't know, because it's like, seems like some shit that could happen in the foreseeable future. Uh, eye stuff really freaks me out. Yeah. That's like my one kind of big trigger in movies in terms of like gore or viscera or like any action sequence where it's like or a horror movie where it's eyes mm-hmm. are the thing under threat i i, uh, I just part where they were like clockwork oranging his eyes mm-hmm. open don't like it. i almost looked away and then i was like no we're gonna have to talk about it on the podcast i have <laughs> to way, watch it yeah. <laughs> i was like they'll make fun of me if yeah. i don't i i it. looked away okay <laughs> um but uh yeah i then then the eye rolling down the uh, that's, that's a that's a little bit of Looney Tunes. That's a little pretty, bit of like. Spielberg wants to have fun. I mean, yeah, it's true. Right. It's like, very what's, that, Looney what's Tunes. that ramp doing there? Like, why is that <laughs> hallway so ramped? Sloped. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but he breaks in. He steals Samantha Morton. He's been try to download her files, mm-hmm. but then time's running out. He can't find it, so he's just got to take her, which fucks everything up because hey, now no also, pre-crime. I just want to say, having worked for different companies, like. Isn't HR usually supposed to like de- change you know, like, the lock? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, like, why does his eyeball still work on the temple? True. Yeah. I, guys, this guy's I a murderer. Of, I thought yeah. about this a lot. My only answer is they would just think like, well, why the fuck would he come here? Right? Like, I mean, right. that'd be crazy. Right. He's running away from us. We'd love right. it if he came here. 
That'd be great. He could he would put him in jail. The jail's right down there. Tim Blake Nelson's there. <laughs> like that, right? But Just he, like an elevator ride. But he, yeah, he grabs a soggy Samantha Morton in her white bodysuit, and he's like, this white bodysuit's not going to fly. And they flush themselves down the toilet. Yes. Goes to the gap. I love Goes that little detail of him holding up the clothes yeah, against the woman who looks like her size. Oh, that's great. But, yeah, no, really he good. rescues Samantha Morton. Right. And you have that is this now yeah. uh, thing. So this is a noir movie. In my opinion, the movie, she's the main character. And it's she's the femme fatale. Mm-hmm. Is my re- it's always been my read on this movie. And she she is generated. This is a movie about her breaking out of jail. Essentially, this it is ends movie. on her. Exactly. Which this is, is a movie about yeah. her liberation, and she sets the entire plot in motion when she shows Tom Cruise. Can, can you see her mother's death? I mean, yeah. spoiler alert: that's her mom being murdered, and like that's of course what's what triggers Max von Sydow to you know frame Tom right. Cruise, right? Like, so it's like this is a movie about her. She can see the future, and she knows how to. You know, she can finally once he gets into the temple, and we're told it's the first time he gets in there. Like she's like, finally, I can like make my escape. Right? Yes. And it's also great. I mean, this is a movie. Yeah. (laughs) This is a movie uh, that uses Mr. X really smartly because the way Colin Farrell's character. For a second, I thought you said Mr. X. And I was like, who's this Mr. X? Mr. X was the uh, first assistant director. And I feel like they (laughs) often didn't let him do his thing. But in this movie, they really said, you know what? Spielberg was like, Mr. X. And he was like, yes. I just like the idea of this guy in like a trench coat. He's like played by Doug Jones, I think, yeah. right? He was a head in a jar of mechanical spider legs. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the what you were saying earlier about like Spielberg is not necessarily a subtle filmmaker. I think he's a nuanced filmmaker, but he writes big, right? Mm-hmm. He, he wants you to understand what's going on. He wants you to have the emotional reactions right. he intends sure. at the given moments. And so the way that Colin Farrell's character is so unlikable, the gum chewing, how antagonistic he is from the get-go, and the fact that we have all these flashbacks to the sun, it's like, okay, we know where this is going. Colin Farrell Of course, there's going to be a reversal here, right? right? But I do like that the reversal is like, Colin Farrell's too good at his job to be put over like this, That's what I'm saying. He's just like, no, no, this is too easy. Yeah. Well, yeah. What were you going to say, Joe? Yeah. Well, you just have him, you have Colin Farrell evolve. I I think the Whitwer character is my favorite part of this film because you have him evolving from antagonist to like co-sympathetic protagonist and then the fact that he dies immediately is perfect. Mm-hmm. It makes this film so much better that Whitwer dies. Yes. Like and it and it, it shifts it nicely yeah. against yeah. you know Lamar obviously. Yeah. I I just think like you could watch this movie and go like okay, it's good but Spielberg's doing some clunky shit. Yeah. It's so clear the feral character is the villain and it's so clear that the guy he's going to kill is going to be the, the guy who abducted his right, son. Right, right, right. And then it's like, no, it's None a prestige shit. Yeah, He's yeah. making you look over here so you're not paying attention over here, right. which I think in terms of twists in movies is usually the most effective way to do it. Yeah. Because either it's like there was no foreshadowing and then just feels fucking abusive because it's just like you just pulled a rug for the sake of pulling a rug. Right. right. Or it's too clearly foreshadowed. And this is like everything's there, but he's telling you to look at this instead of that. Um, and so when it all comes together, it's like, I had forgotten. I remember that it, at the end of the movie, it was Max von Sydow. But I'd forgotten the Mike Binder right, right. So was you, hired. Yeah. Yes. You get to the Leo. First, there's that set piece where he's uh, walking her through the mall and she keeps He's like, grab that umbrella. So, so smart. It's Do you so see smart. the balloon man? Yeah. yeah. Stay, 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 stay. I yeah. love her in this movie so, so much. So and Such him a tough too. Like, and him too. He's that, terrific. Like, well, but like the visual of him like holding her and protecting yes. her and like. That you know, great yeah. shot where they're facing in oh, opposite yeah. directions and it's like she's trying to push him away and he's like, you know, they're literally 
is that you know, not the poster shot? That was one, should, of the posters, one of the posters. But one no, of the posters. The major poster shot was yeah. totally boring. Just yeah, like one Tom eyeball. Cruise. No, well, no well, there's... there was the slightly cooler one where yeah. it's his face but one eye. Yeah. But then there's the other really dull one that's just, you know. Oh, that's stupid. That was when all Tom Cruise posters look like that. But, but like, but the yeah. two faces, the faces going opposite Ugh, directions, which yeah. is really good. It's really good. Um, yeah, and so but they yeah, have this she great takes, they go, to get away. But they go to Leo Crow's apartment, yeah. and it's full of pictures of all the kids he's... It's you so know, like stupid. you do. But yeah, once again, you, you just know, you go really like, want to keep him in a loose pile on the yeah. bed. You but, know, that's where you would keep your kid murder But photos. that's what I love about it is it feels like shitty filmmaking. It doesn't, right, you right. know? It feels like, it easy. works, and you're just like, okay, he's wrapping it up too neatly. Like, he doesn't trust us. Spielberg might have just misstepped here. So and that's like an orgy of evidence. Right, no, that's the point. Yes. The point yeah. is this is a poorly directed and, idea. But nonetheless, that Max of course, this has is the button that he can push. Right. To make Tom Cruise kill someone, but I mean, to make John Anderson kill, you know, but yeah. then, if, like, you know, like she keeps telling him, like, you don't have to, like, you know, and you're her supposed freaking, to do this. That scene is so tense because because she, she's freaking out. Yes. She's yeah. like on her knees While on the, the thing bed, she knows like, is happening. Yeah. Right. And like, she's screaming. Shrieking, yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's so good. And, and she's she just keeps like, saying, that you're you the difference choose. is, you know, yeah. you're the only person so, to ever know. Yeah. And like, what I, what, what did you, you know, he doesn't do it. That's, that's what I'd forgotten. He doesn't do it, but then it like plays out exactly that way. Anyway. But then he want he needs it to happen because right. Leo Crow has been promised like redemption. For he's his already but it, but it, like, yeah. he, he beats he's like a the Jack clock. Ruby. Yeah, no, he like, beats yeah. the clock. Cruz yes. beats the clock, but then it plays out exactly. Yeah, which I love like, with the same Anderton dialogue. Wait. Same image, yeah. but, same yeah. dialogue, same but dialogue, different yeah. uh, intonations. Yeah, and I love that shot with Goodbye Crow. Goodbye, Crow. Yeah. yeah, I love that shot with like the courtyard of the building surrounding it when they pull up from the window and you see everyone reacting and looking at the dead body on the ground, hearing the gunshot and being like, "Is that is that a murder?" Yeah, right, right, right. It's like, crazy. Yeah. They're less scared and more like, wait, that's not that's not really yeah. is it um, murder? Murder. Um, but I love uh, that she also when he does it that she shrieks because she's yeah. like, uh, finally there first a murder. I don't know. Like it feels like oh, if she can I feel like the like... metaphysical breaking yeah. of time and space yeah. in the act of murder, like that must be like it sucks, right? Yeah. yeah, it's like the fucking worst. So then, yeah, then we have the crime scene thing that you were talking about in terms of Colin Farrell actually being a cop and everyone else being an idiot. Mm -hmm. Right. It's great. Because he is in a, he's from the Department of Justice. Yeah. And in one he scene, says, they totally flip the character. He yeah. says this yeah. makes no sense, but then he makes the same mistake Tom Cruise makes. He's like, you know who I need to have a nice long <laughs> convo with is Lamar Burgess. Uh -huh. We're going to just talk it out. But you know what? First, in private. And first thing I'm going to do is put a gun in his you hand. You know what I need to give him is a, a, a murder <laughs> weapon with someone else's prints yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Load that gun, yeah. put it right in his hand. No problem. For the first time in six years, murder is open game because the precogs have been flushed down the I, toilet. I, but I love that. Like, Me too. What, what is that? It was a uh, line is like, no boots on the ground. Yeah, do you hear that? Yeah. Nothing. No boots, he's, no spiders. He is fucking great. No six sticks. No, he's like, no, no click clack of little <laughs> spiders going clack up the stairs. Also, what is this Groot that the kids see? <laughs> he okay. literally, though, do you think Max Vincito's just like, look, man. Just give me the lines. I'll read them, like, yeah. and, and they'll murder him. Like, that's, he, I totally feel like he uh, would approach Game of Thrones, right? That's Hopkins and Westworld, oh, too. No acting required. Yeah. NAR, baby. <laughs> NAR. I slipped that into an Atlantic story this it's week. It's great, yeah, right? No Isn't that the best? No, no acting required. required. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Guys. So Danny oh. Whitworth dies. Well, no. Uh, uh, Leo Cro oh, and Danny Whitworth, right. Danny yeah. Whitworth dies kissing his medallion yeah. as he poor, goes. Poor Danny. It's, a, mm -hmm. it's almost a straight uh, take on the LA Confidential, James Cromwell. Shooting yeah. Kevin Spacey, mm. yeah. right? Like the sort of out of nowhere. Yeah. 
It's great because what we're, a gun sounds like. We're just starting to feel like, oh, is Colin Farrell gonna kind of become a co-protagonist? Yeah, right. Of this movie? Are we gonna switch leads almost? No, yeah. no. no. He gets killed. No, he's out of there. And now uh, Tom Cruise has reconnected with his wife. Well, no. First, he takes uh, her, Agatha to the brain center. Right. Uh, to uh, what's his name? Firefly uh, uh, or whatever. Yes, yeah. uh, Rufus Riley. R- Rufus T. Riley. Uh, Jason yeah, right. Antoon. Yeah. Tries to download the murder out of her brain, but she doesn't. She just she tells him she didn't. He didn't. Have, oh no! This must have happened before Leo Crow. Right. We're yes. getting the chronology We're getting all fucked up. So that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, like she says, you don't Much have like the minority precogs. Report. We're seeing just the, glimpses the of things out of order. The minority report is kind yeah. of the that's kind of a red herring. Like it's yeah. it's important for the larger themes of does pre crime make sense? That's a cool title. But there and there yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is that cool part in the uh, what pleasure palace whatever we want to call it where like like yeah what is the thing called I forget Bruce City she <laughs> she. Like she falls backwards, you know, because she flails all yes, over the place. Yeah, she yeah, falls yeah, backwards and she's, and she's looking eyes. at the screen. Yeah, yeah, she's got and he's looking at the screen. Can and, you see? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's that good. fucking murder she wants investigated, it's man. Good. She's like, forget your shit. But yeah, my no. cold case is the problem. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. Yes. Then, then they he go goes to, the to his ex-wife's right. house. She lives yeah. in like Virginia somewhere. Some nice. And we've seen her. I think the movie's done a good job of keeping her in the picture. Definitely. Because you see her as a video first in mm-hmm. a wig. Yeah, yeah, quite the in, wig. In, in in quite the wig. But the video is essentially she's like, "Can I fuck you already?" Yep. And he's like, ha, 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 and she's like, "Seriously, like, come on, yeah. it's time." Yeah, that's that's the detail I love too. A detail I love is that when he's going through the videos, each one the video quality is a little worse as he's going like backwards in time. Ooh. So when he goes up to the one that's Catherine Morris. And uh, he's like standing next to it. She's like three dimensional hologram. Yeah. And he walks to the side of it. It's like, oh no, it's like a, a kind of hologram where it's like there's a 3D shape and then there's projected on the top of it. But from yeah, the side, it doesn't like really. bleeding and yeah. like creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff's good. And then she has the, the scene. Um, she talks to Max von Sydow on the she phone. Has the, she has the Lamar scene briefly where he's trying to say, who's Leo Crow? Right. Um, which is, he knows who Leo Crow is. Right. He knows exactly who Leo oh, Crow is. This motherfucker. He's playing everyone like a fucking piano. He knows He's from like Leo Tim Blake Crow. Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing everyone like an organ. An He's organ. winning a Grammy for best soundtrack. Why does Tim Blake Nelson have an organ? Because <laughs> he's bored. <laughs> and what I like is that he has like, a wheelchair with like breakfast on it, like he has like a breakfast table. Are you trying to tell me that you wouldn't have breakfast on a wheelchair? Maybe I would. would. I don't know. You would. But um, so uh, then yeah, you have the scene we already talked about a little bit. The where the monologue where it's a lot of love in this house. She tells them the future that they didn't happen, oh like the, the right so the future upsetting. they could have had if his son hadn't yeah. uh, died. Can I throw out a hot take? Uh, sad. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> really sad. And then he gets haloed, and yeah. he gets put in his halo jail, right? And, and he gets his head shaved, and he doesn't look as good as Samantha Morton does. He does no. not. Also, no. I want to point out they give him different eyes when his eye. You know, he has those big black eyes, right? And that looks cool. Like yeah. it's and it's weird seeing an actor play a role with new eyes. And he's also got these red sort of rings around his eyes, which it gets yeah. to this thing. Tom Cruise, especially in sci-fi, more interesting the more beaten down mm. he looks. Mm. You know, yeah, fuck with him. Yeah, fuck with him a little but bit. But maybe don't shave his head. Is what you're going for, Joe? I'm just saying, not his best look. It's... Can I call you Joe? Sure. <laughs> Can I call you Rojo? Sure. <laughs> um, so some people. So, okay, all right. I feel like this is prevailing at the time, especially. AI comes out, people are like, this movie's too long and it has dumb ending. Right. Minority, it's got dumb ending, this got movie. got dumb ending. Don't Minority like Report it. comes out, people are like, this movie's too long. Why has it got dumb happy ending again? Right? So some people are like, why doesn't the movie just end right there? Right, you know? right. 
And then other people are like, the movie does end there, and the rest of it's a fantasy, right? Oh, it's I like, hate that shit. He, it's in his brain because he's, he's in, in the, the jail. jail yeah. That's some like crack.com shit. I, don't I agree. Like it. That is yeah. some cracked.com <laughs> shit. That is exactly what it is, Joanna. Thank you. Thank you, Roja. That is literally right. I like that. That is some honest trailers bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know anyway. Uh, but you know, Crack.com does excellent work on other things. They have but some when good stuff, like, but when sometimes they're like, they're like this crazy interesting fan theory, fan theory about these movies will change the way you look at them forever. <laughs> well, what if Biodome is actually just <laughs> a dream in Midnight Cowboy? Everyone's <laughs> that sounds good. I'm, I would click. That's my answer. Everyone's gonna make their living. I've made my living. We've all made our living. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's all cool. Of but that is some yeah. Crack.com shit right there. <laughs> some crack. shit. Yeah. Um, but so he does have to hang out with Tim Blake Nelson, which is a real bummer. Ooh, for that's him. like yeah. that's like worse than death. And then yeah, I you have that you have that scene pretty much right after where Lamar is she's tying uh, Max von Sydow's bow tie. And mm-hmm. he's like, I will look for anything about a woman who has drowned. Yeah, and you yeah, <gasps> no one like, said anything. Come on, Max. <laughs> You've been playing this so well. Yeah. Now you're like, yeah, That's what was your it? Uh, huh. You know, no, I definitely didn't kill well, you know, you're like, one of our <laughs> finest living actors. You just got to sell it for a little longer. And then he but like uh Cito made the same mistake that Colin Farrell does, which he gives her the gun does he not because she's staring at that but oh is she staring at the eyeball yes that's what she's staring. she's staring at the eyeball she's staring at the eyeball which is kind of a gun in that this film posits that eyes are the most powerful tool of all whoa dude i'm raising my eyebrow wow I, I nature's gun but i i i think don't i like how this plays out at the i like i, the, I like the staging of it like the you know the party and that they show the murder on like i don't know like all the oh, weird I like it all. I like the gold gun. I'm here for it. I do like that he has to explain, like, a gold gun. Let me explain. Uh, hello. In, in the Civil old- War. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because she- they need a gun, like, right. to be, you know, like, someone's got to have a gun for the final she scene. She takes, oh, yeah, because they don't really, they have the stunt, they don't really they have don't ha- guns. There's, no one has right, lethal weapons because right, right. you can't because then fucking free crime wouldn't work. Because that's a different movie. That's well, a lethal weapon. Right. But and I mean, we're like, watching Minority Report. If they all had guns, then every <laughs> red ball would be followed the Fox by, TV shows. Would be followed by like, yeah. another red ball, right? Yes, it would be crap, like, oh, crap. and then like Officer Anderton's yeah. going to kill this guy. <laughs> like, or whatever, like, right? It's a daisy chain of guns. <laughs> so that's why they all have six sticks and, you know, cool, weird, non-lethal weapons. That was part of the brain, the think tank Spielberg set up. He was like, give me some non-lethal weapons, you guys. They should have called some non-lethal weapons. They should. They I'm should. Just shit. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Holy shit. That's an anti-crack. <laughs> what if it was called that? That would have been amazing. What if it was like Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise are going to make a movie? And we're like, ooh, what is it? Get this. Non-lethal weapon. <laughs> okay. So 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 his wife, Anderson's <gasps> wife, Mrs. Uh, Anderson. Yeah, her name, I believe, is Lara. Lara Anderson, mm-hmm. or. Whatever her maiden Laura name is. Laura Anderton. <laughs> and this, she's kept Laura Anderton, Anderton, according okay. to the Wikipedia. Ruins Tim Blake Nelson's organ solo by really slapping does. that eyeball. Puts right an eyeball and it's like. Argh. Yeah. <laughs> like as if that eyeball were heavy enough to depress those keys. <laughs> it's not saying. a heavy eyeball. That's true. No. That's a little much. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And she. She pops him out of the halo, halo jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, and uh, he 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 reveals Max Mancino orchestrated this crime, uh, the murder of Samantha Morton's mother, because mm-hmm. she wanted she had cleaned up and she wanted her back. Mm-hmm. And then he like did all this trickery so he could like make it look like he staged the crime. They stopped the crime, and then he did the real crime while it was happening. What is right. it called? It's not a minority report. It's an echo. 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 And that's why it was clean. That's why there's no red ball. Mm. Smart or brown Clever. ball. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. It's, yeah. And that's all invented. We have fun. We have fun with our murders. We have. <laughs> We try. <laughs> Lamar Burgess, 
he 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 puts the fun in murder. Yeah, right. right? Yeah, <laughs> it's about the journey, not the destination for him. You and know? and uh, this whole time, Samantha Morton's mom has been missing. Just an- they say it, they have a weird that's line. right. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. another missing person, as mm-hmm. if like there are a lot of missing yeah, and it's like, people wait a second, in this universe. Eliminate crime, yeah. like or at least murder. Like people shouldn't go missing anymore. So Maybe much, people right? go missing because they're not like you can no longer murder people, so you can just like disappear them. But I mean, this is part of the <laughs> overall message of the movie, right? Like yeah. it's a tenuous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Yep. Yes. Y'all. No, but like this is a post 9-11 movie. It's a movie that's worried about the surveillance state, like sure. and, and about like the ease with which we make these like mental leaps. Just right. right around the time I in the sky. No, not I in the sky. What is it? I in the sky just came out, my friend. <laughs> no, <laughs> what am I thinking of? Never mind. No, what, 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 come on. Who's uh, in Will it? Smith and you know. Oh, Enemy of the State. There you go, Enemy of the yeah. State, which is not uh, the same as that I was ninety eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that was early. Right. Um, but but this movie, I mean, I think what's interesting is uh, two thousand five. Munich mm. and um, War of the Worlds are both, I think, consciously post nine eleven. Absolutely, yeah. but Those this are... is too. This has that. This has that uh, DNA. It's but this movie, ob- it's less more oblique. Well, this movie is like in production yeah. when nine eleven happens. You yeah, know? right, right about. So, like, sort of accidentally reflecting. Well, I think it was like it was developed yeah. independently, yeah, and then so I was. think it's like seeping into the yeah. bones of How everything. Could it not? Right, How could it not? you know, and there already is. In this material, a lot of overlap right. with a lot of the concerns that we were all fighting and wrestling with at the time. And, Spielberg's, and I mean, that's, and that's Philip K. Dick, right? Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. just everything. Yes. Philip K. Which is right, what so. the story, paranoid sci-fi. The story yeah. is really just the first third of the movie. It's just the idea of pre-crime, and the the new guy comes in, and Anderson gets caught for a murder. Mm-hmm. And as he's put in prison, he tells the new guy, like, watch out, because they're going to do the same shit to you. Like, that's like oh, that's cool. just the story. I don't know okay. if you guys noticed, but at the reception there at the end, they mm-hmm. had a banner that said, Mission Accomplished. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. It said, Mission Possible. Oh. <laughs> uh, as Spielberg says in an interview, guys, we're Thank giving you. up some of our freedoms so Two that the government can points, protect Griffin. us. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, just talk right over that, guys. That's what it feels like. Yes, it did. Yes. Yes. And but yes. then the end of the movie, to me, the button that's crucial is that you see Agatha has gotten her freedom with the with the two it, twins. Dash and Art. Dash and Art. They're named yeah. after, you know, Agatha Dashle- Christie, Arthur Conan Doyle, and Dash. Dashle- Dashle- yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. But that's the note the Mystery movie. writers, guys. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't get uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. It's like Agatha Christie, Dash Lehman. Okay. Uh terrible wigs on all of them. Yeah, yeah they've got some fun of wigs. But look, come on, they were bald. Like, come on. It's one ter- shot. Terrible, yeah. terrible, awful wigs. What if the movie should make it clear? They should have like one of them like reach up and scratch their bald head under the wig so it's like, <laughs> don't worry, we know. They just didn't want to be bald anymore. They were sick of being bald. This is like it. two weeks later. They, yeah. they didn't have time to grow right. their hair. No, out. Just the proton milk really fucked with their follicles. Yeah. Because right? yeah, like, um, you think like the guy in the who brushes their teeth, you think he like shaves their heads too? Is that oh maybe? my god, that creeper. Can yeah. he get halo? Please, because when they put Agatha <laughs> yeah. back in the pool, he's like, I'm so, and he like, yeah, he's gives like, her my Eskimo mom kisses. made, my oh. mom made, uh, you know, me Ugh. meet her new boyfriend. Doesn't like her. He's yeah. brushing her teeth. That I'm doing a so teeth brushing. So gross. Yeah, he's good. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the Andertons uh, make a new baby, so they don't have to worry about their dead son anymore because they got a new baby. Yeah, so right. I mean, maybe this is where people blink because it is that Spielberg where he's like, that, 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 that. Done. Perfect. David just mime tying a bow yes. very neatly <laughs> yeah. and and uh, elegantly and theatrically. Well, thank you. Um, but but I do think you know I certainly prescribe to the theory that um the the ending of your movie is the thesis. You know what I you think choose so. to end on your final statement that is should make it clear what you really were ultimately above all else trying to say this entire time. 
And I think it's very telling that it ends with the precogs and not with Tom Cruise. And if people complain about that Tom Cruise ending being too neat, okay, valid complaint. It's literally one shot. It's literally one shot of Tom Cruise. The wife comes up from behind him and she's pregnant. You know, they don't like you really. You can file a complaint. And, and, pre, yeah. and pre-crime has been disbanded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's been you shuttered. See, you see the whole thing just sort of shut down and abandoned. And like, they they don't say it, but it's possible. Well, that would be crazy. But doesn't it seem like it's possible that they're in the lake house? Like, Von Saito's lake house? They're in a lake house. Ooh, interesting. And and like, his wife, because, you know, he murdered her mom at a lake. And at one point in the movie, his wife is like, well, now you're retiring. We can actually use that lake house or something like that. I don't know. The lake house. And he's like, yeah, just don't look in the water. Yeah. He's like, don't look too deeply. Also, (laughs) let's watch that Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock movie because it's great. I would like to be in the lake house, but let's never go swimming. (laughs) No 70 bodies in the lake. No snorkeling. Don't go into my secret room with my ski mask in it. (laughs) The ski mask had like like, built-in goggles. It was a fancy ski mask. It was like intense. Yeah. Um, um, but I think, yeah, I mean, it's like, the. Yeah, I agree. The movie is ultimately about the precogs. That's the real story. Tom Cruise is kind of like the, the narrative catalyst, but that's the real emotional arc of the film. You know, I think him regaining his, you know, rebuilding his family is secondary. And I think the precog, uh, pre-crime being disbanded is like a very mixed thing. You know, I mean, it kind of speaks yeah. to this 9-11 thing where it was like, well, we, you know, our country took action in ways because we definitely felt the need to respond to something in some way right and it was like well it's we're kind of there's no good answer here yeah you know like i don't know if our administration dealt with it the right way but it's like look this thing is kind of morally dubious but if we disband it there's gonna be more murder again so either you're gonna arrest a bunch of people who shouldn't be arrested or people boy, are gonna oh boy, do bad what a shit. Choice. and every single one of them was released and pardoned yes right although the government keeps an eye on that oh yeah that's, but like that's even line even say. that's and i am them but just yeah. close maybe one it's eye. like one. that one tom cruise eye that yeah. went down the sewer that's the one that they have yeah. fixed on they him. keep the eye on the keys of the organ every time <laughs> they do something bad yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but i like that i think it's yeah. like a murky ending really yeah. you know there's an uh, there's a patness in terms of like okay our two heroes end up happy you know, they get the nice little idyllic life that they want. It's also like the state of the world is like, well, we watched this whole movie that's sort of explained how this system is corrupt and the guy behind it is fucked up and they wrongfully imprisoned a lot of people. But it's like, okay, but now a lot of people who should have been imprisoned are back are on the streets. And it's like, and Danny Whitworth's still dead. Right. It's, ro- it's a rock and a hard place movie, you know, gum. which I like, gum. which is how we all felt in the wake of 9 11. Yes, thank you for that gum. I'll take it. And by the gum, I mean box office game and then we got to be done. Okay. So I remember people thought this movie was going to be huge, and then it was a squeaker you of an opening box weekend. Game, mm-hmm. We're going to play the box office Try game, to bro. guess the top five of the box office in the week the movie came out. The week is June 21st, 2002. I'm sure you're a little dork, so I'm sure you know the other oh movie God, that opened no with it. Idea. I do. Yes, I do. So this, the film this opened, is what I was building up. The film oh, opened no. $35 million, as you say, was seen as slightly underperforming. Because the other film was within a million dollars of that, right? It was within 400000 Yes. Okay. So- Two movies open this weekend, and everyone was like, Minority Report is opening in the 40s. And this this other movie people were like, if best case scenario, it opens in the 20s. And then both of them open mid-30s within $400,000 of each other. And people were like, wow, that's crazy. Is Tom Cruise starting to slip if he didn't have that big of a grip on the opening weekend? Minority Report number one. $35.6 million. And then also $35.2 million is Lilo and Stitch. Right. The adorable little... Adorable little Disney oh, movie. I wasn't in- Which wasn't okay. Oh two? Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh was not even Disney. I saw it here in New York. 
Oh, wow. Lilo and Stitch. Uh, great movie. So I must have seen Minority Report. Maybe you did. Weird. Okay, sorry. Um, not you know even. You, were, you know that's not relevant. But anyway, Ohana means family. Ohana, Ohana means family. Means that's no one gets left behind. It, true empirical truth. <laughs> um, but also, that wasn't even like Disney's big movie that year. Treasure Planet was their big bet, and that cost like fucking a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And Lilo and Stitch was like a thing they had made in like an animation wing that mostly yeah. did TV shit and direct right. to video movies, and, and they like gave them a little Carrera. more budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that was a huge hit, and uh, Treasure Planet was a huge bomb. But Lilo and Stitch was kind of game changing. Okay, what else is in the box office? Okay. Number three is a movie you've talked about. Scooby Doo. <gasps> See how good he is at this wow. game. We're like the annoying couple that plays charades. I'm really impressed. If it's time periods I lived within, I remember. Wow, okay. he's good at this. Yeah. Twenty-four million dollars in its second weekend. This is it, right because it opens to like fifty. Yeah, it's already made a hundred million dollars. It was a huge hit. People don't talk about Scooby Doo. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it twice opening day. You, <laughs> oh, what? God. I love Scooby-Doo. I like I like the mythology of Scoobert Do. <laughs> Number four <laughs> is a movie in a franchise that is still running, a very infrequent franchise, still running to this day. It's the first entry. Uh, the first entry of what has become an infrequent franchise. Yeah. I believe that is Resident Evil, the first no. one. No. Interesting. Although I think Resident Evil is right around there. It's Came out row two. spring yeah. 2002. Yeah. Um, no, interesting. But we're in summer, my friend. We're in summer. And this film has made $54 million in two weeks and was seen as kind of like a mildly surprising hit. Like, Underworld? No. No. no that's September well, 03. It is a genre movie, but it's not like a fantasy movie. It's like an action movie. Interesting. It's an action, action franchise. franchise. They're still making them. 54. How many have there been in total? Can you tell me that? Five. There have been five of them. Yes. Although one of them is kind of a side equal. Use that word. No, never mind. No, the truth. That's so fascinating. Starring an Oscar winner. I'll keep giving you clues. Starring an Oscar winner. Were they an Oscar winner at the time? Yes. The film uh, total gross one hundred twenty-one million. I'm pretty sure that every movie after it, at least the next couple, make more. It's not pirates. Nope. That's That's next year. Oh, two. It's not the sum of all fears. No, which I know oh, comes which out Which is number year. five. You just guessed number five in the box office. Hell's yeah, the sum of all nice. fears, which I saw in theaters. That made a hundred million dollars. It did. Wow. It's yeah. Which who could remember tell me what people? One thing? Yeah, went to the movies. Okay. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. You know what they do in that movie? They blow up a fucking football stadium right? with a nuke. Yeah. Right after September Crazy 11th. Crazy movie. Right after September yeah. 11th. Uh, is Attack of the Clones number six? It's number nine. Okay. Also in the top ten, you got Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. Yeah, you do. Okay. You got uh, Juana Man opening at number eight. Uh, I don't. You <laughs> <laughs> don't want no. You don't want a man. Uh, Spider Man is clicking around there. It's made three ninety. Oh, that's got cute. Bad Company. I saw every single one of these movies in theaters. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, was I really... saw everything in this top ten. There's a Spirit Stallion of the Similar. <gasps> okay, this I'm horses. Tell, I'm gonna tell you my spirit story, which yeah. is this: you can say that title and put. Any one of those nouns in any position in the title and still works. Simran, stallion of the spirit. Yep. <laughs> stallion, Simran of the spirit. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> like that's a game I used to play. I don't know why. Um, okay. Give me more hints. Let's on crack this. this. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. The, you in said frequent there, franchise. There are five of them, but one of them is a side pull. They star an Oscar winner. All the other ones do well after that. It's infrequent. They're spread out. The first one's in two thousand two. Yeah. 
Oh, 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 oh. It's a born identity. Boom. Thank you. Okay. Nailed it. Under, oh, the, under the, the radar, that movie. The Renner right. side quill. All yes. Right. Good All good right. clues. Yes, yeah. of course. <sighs> so there you go. That's the box office game. We had fun, guys. Born Identity actually added five theaters that week. Just FYI. There was originally a thing where some of all fears and Born Identity were supposed to open the same day. And they were like, we can't do this to <gasps> we, Ben and Matt. Oh, poor Ben and Matt. They're ben both Matt. trying to start their own little yeah. franchises. What will they, you know. Political thrillers. Let them. They're definitely both going to go equally as well. And the, yeah, right. <laughs> the funny thing is, Fierce was born, seen as the bigger one. Born and some make basically the same amount of money, about right. one twenty each. And where did where did Matt uh, Ryan, uh, Jack Ryan, uh, Batman yeah. Affleck, Affleck, Jack Affleck Ryan never go. did Jack Ryan again. And and Born also well, had because such... Affleck crashes and burns because yes. he's got Daredevil and then uh, Geely. Like he just yeah, right. Jersey Girl. It's a bad time. Um, that's the next time. year he he really Whereas Matt yeah. Damon everyone's like Matt Damon and then hey you know and the production history of that movie was really rough and there were a lot of like bad buzz coming right, out right, right. they sort of yeah Doug Liman was stirring up his usual Limania mm. oh I do love the Doug Liman the yeah. yeah. um, but what like is there a Jack Ryan curse do we think Krasinski I mean I guess a I'm li- way off topic here but... a little bit Krasinski is he doing it now yeah, yeah oh, right, he's doing a TV, doing a TV show. show but it's gonna yeah. work because it's for Amazon everything they do is great they're a great company they're perfect <laughs> I love everything they've ever produced. Great tablet, especially like coming up. They've just got a lot of really. They've got good some good stuff out. on. Most yeah. definitely, I'm excited for yeah. the supermarket they're yeah. opening. Yeah, <laughs> God, their creepy supermarket where yeah. you just take shit. It's great. I'm totally against human <laughs> beings having jobs. It's great. Amazon's a great company. All right, don't get fired, Griff. All right. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they should do it. They should kill all humans and make robot supermarkets. All right, I gotta go home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I have to do something. Uh, what the fuck are you doing that's so special? I gotta. Get a tape video off a hard drive. Gotta from go somebody. see about a girl. Gotta go see I about a go see about hard drive. Speaking about Damon. Yeah. I have to go see about a boy. It's playing at a revival theater. <laughs> uh, Dumb revival theater. You're like I'm a Nicholas Holt completist. I gotta yes. gotta see it all. Um Joe Robinson. Rojo. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is delightful. Uh, so great. Uh people can listen to you on the seventeen podcast that you yes. mentioned earlier. Yes. Uh, Storm of Spoilers covering Dino Truck season two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Troll Hunters. And Troll Hunters. Mm-hmm. Rolling out. Troll out. This out this I fall. swear to God, when Troll Hunters was announced, the logline was like, a bunch of kids find something weird in their neighborhood. And I was like, is it trolls? <laughs> like, like, you know, like, what do you think that's going to be? Do they to present it like, them? I'm just curious. Yeah. They find them. They have make a mysterious discovery in their yeah. town. Uh-huh. Yeah. Trolls? Yeah, it's, it's a real mystery box show, that one. It's a head scratcher. It's a finger. I can't believe that show and the Trolls movie are both made by DreamWorks but aren't the same franchise. They're not. I'd love it if Troll it Hunters. It would be funny, yeah, if Troll Hunters is like a, a dark version a of A serious-minded version where the adults are the heroes trying to kill those dumb little things. No offense to Richard Lawson, who, of course, is the father of Trolls. Um, <laughs> thank you for being here, Rojo. Um, uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe our podcast. As always, next week we'll be talking about Spielberg's second Two for two of 2002 movie. Catch me if you can. That's the namesake of our podcast. That's right. So stay tuned for that. Cool. And as please always. Please do. Please do. Really, seriously, we, it would be lovely if you did that. Uh, and as always, uh, seriously, if any kid can tell me what's up with this group thing, I need to figure out who this group guy Jump. is. Yeah, thank you. Jump. Well, I just stole a bunch of screeners uh, from the Vanity Fair office, Smart. so Ooh, I am cool. looking forward to seeing a monster. Monster calls. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. I still week. haven't seen Hell or High Water, so that's that's on my list. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, loved it. I love that movie. I I feel like now everyone who's catching up with it is like, what? It's fine. Like, and and I 
Well, my dad it t- it loved took me it. By surpri- it's a, and my it's dad's a dad kind, movie. My dad's kind of an Ike Perlmutter. Like he's a Trump voter. I, so like I, I, know, I, I know your dad. I feel like. I feel like it's sort of like a Trump voter movie, it's some, I isn't think it? Angie Han, <sighs> Angie Han made the joke. It's economic anxiety, the movie or whatever. Yeah. But it's actually that, though, right. rather than like the joke of that. I think it's great. I think I, it's great. I like it a lot. I do think it's a movie that benefited from no expectations. Yes. Yeah. It totally played took me festivals. By surprise. It came right. out in August. Also, right. I saw it at the Nighthawk, and I ate a real nice cheese plate. And oh, that never <sighs> underestimate the power huge. of the cheese plate. So. It's just like a really solid American grown-up movie. Sure. It might be getting a little very overhyped well now. Right, right. Very well acted. Overhyped. Very well written. Yeah. But like, isn't isn't Bridges just doing like? Rooster yeah, Cock, like, is the best. Yeah, but, but really but well. Really he well. is really good. <laughs> really but well. But he's just, like, bridging it up, and I he's feel like I've, I've seen that, right? But, like, isn't Jeff Bridges, the, in my opinion, the best? Y- yes, yes, he is, and it's, like, my I went into it being, like... My brother is mad about him. My brother's, like, come on. Like, he, he's just, What's like, the Billy Gold Gruff thing? Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> he's chewing on a tin can. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's the same performance he's done a bunch of times, but you watch this, and you're, like, oh, every performance between True Grit and this, he didn't have good material. Right. And it is like, even if you've seen it before, you're like, welcome return to him having right. shit to say. What's your, are we good, Ben? Yes. I've begun recording so you can jump in when you're ready. Thank you, Benny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you'll, I think, I don't know, maybe you'll hate it. I think you'll like it. Remember when he <laughs> was someone who just giver? met you? Remember I think when, you'll like when you, you gave know. that performance that in fucking the shit giver? and the seventh son. No, no, what's And what's, R.I.P.D. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. R.I.P.D. Oh, actually, I do have a, uh, a, a thought I wanted to share before we record. Okay, I'm ready. Regarding Minority Report, is this is pretty juvenile, so that's why I wanted to sort of get your approval. Uh, uh, while watching this movie early on, I told my roommate who's watching with me to instead of uh, calling it precog or precrime, call it precum. No, and it really no. changed the the way I saw this movie. <laughs> no, Ben. Okay, good. We won't talk about that. No, but you we... were recording that, so you can put it after the show, right? Sure. Okay, oh, good. that's a good call. Yeah, put yeah, it after the right? show. Right. Okay. We put whatever awful thing we do at the start of the show that's stupid at the end of the show. During the show. Okay. Um, uh, oh, I have one other thing I need to say. Maybe oh I should. No, I'll say this on mic. David, no, this is interesting enough that I'll say doing? it on mic. Oh my god, let's get focused. No, David. you're. This is like the Chris Gethard episode where he shows Paul Shear what's inside the dumpster. Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And then Paul Shear's like, oh, oh, this is important. What I have to say, you'll actually love. It'll be better later. Okay. This has been a UCB Comedy production. Check out our other shows on the UCB Comedy Podcast Network.